1: This is the Opening Drive Podcast
2: on 101 ESPN Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers
3: <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Happy Tuesday. Great to have you with us on this post-Christmas edition of the Opening Drive on 101 ESPN in St. Louis, where at 7.03, your time check brought you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Brooke Grimsley. I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us. Uh, Happy post-Christmas. I guess, is it Merry Post-Christmas or Happy Post-Christmas, Brooke? Do we know? Merry
0: Post-Christmas. christmas okay, Merry You Post can christmas. say Merry Post-Christmas. Okay. Merry Post-Christmas to you, Randy. Thank
3: you very much. We are the only people in this whole building. Did you notice that? I noticed that this morning.
0: <laughs> it was like a ghost town when I came. When I pulled the parking lot, I was like, oh... Everybody's off, huh? (laughs) Where is
3: everybody this morning? But sports continues to happen, so we are here. (laughs) Matthew Rocchio is here. Uh, If you didn't hear late last week, Kerry Davis has moved to the Fast Lane. He will join the Fast Lane starting this afternoon with Anthony Stalter and Jamie Rivers. They'll be on two to six. And then uh, during uh, as the new year unfolds, I think it's January 9th, Danny Mack, Dan McLaughlin will join us for his first show as a member of the opening drive. So it's you and I for the next couple of weeks.
0: It is. And I'm very excited to have Danny Mack joining us. I was listening to you guys a little bit on Friday. And Danny, moving here to St. Louis, I know that he's been the voice of the Cardinals for so long and now Chip Carey has that role. But Dan McLaughlin, just the memories that he brings with the stories that he's able to tell, it's always just so fun and refreshing to mm-hmm. hear him talk so I'm really excited to be able to work with him and continue to work with you Randy
3: it's going to be a lot of fun uh I hope that you aren't a uh, San Francisco Forty. I know you're a Titans fan. Oh, you, I'm you, a Tennessee you,
0: Titans fan, you, but we're we're over at a state of misery. I know that it's the Tennessee, but still, we're in a state of misery
3: right now. But you know what? Your hockey general manager said that you were in the midst of a competitive rebuild. Hopefully, your football team's in the midst of a, a competitive rebuild.
0: Well, you know, Randy, that competitive rebuild's been going on for a while yeah, for the Titans. It and It hasn't been going well. So uh, I, w- I would be li- I would like to get out of that rebuild stage. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's the Tennessee Titans. It is what it is. Now, the other games that happened yesterday, the Christmas Day specials. Oh,
3: my. Wow. If you're just getting up and didn't get a chance to see the Niners and the Ravens last night, man, it was not much of a game. The Ravens roll 33-19. It was a 16-12 lead at halftime for Baltimore. And Brock Purdy threw a career-high four interceptions, and they were all crunchers. Here's the big one for Purdy.
4: Inside the 20. Purdy. And zone is picked. Intercepted by Hamilton. And a takeaway. Exactly what the Ravens needed. And this kid Hamilton is a star.
3: And San Francisco would actually wind up building a 5-0 lead. They were able to get Lamar Jackson to take an intentional grounding penalty in the end zone. And... The game stayed competitive for most of the first half. But even in their own territory, Purdy just had a rugged night.
4: Set by the great Jerry Rice in the house tonight. Here's another pick. That's Patrick Queen. And Queen will not go down until he gets inside the 10.
3: And that set up as a Flowers touchdown to make it 30-12. to Still a game at that point when Queen picks off Purdy. And a a rough night. Every quarterback is going to undergo a rough night, not for interception night. And the Niners were minus five in the turnover differential. You'll never win a game uh, being minus five. And this may have been a Super Bowl preview. I'd be surprised if that happened to Brock Purdy again.
0: I hope that it doesn't happen again, but it felt like he was due for this. Of course, you don't want to see somebody suffer like that. I mean, four interceptions in a game, you're not going to win with that going on. But with Brock Purdy, it felt like he was due for a game like this. It's better that it happens now rather than in the postseason, right? Because you want to see how they're able to handle this adversity. But the MVP conversation for him is now officially toast, right? Yes,
3: it is, he, and Lamar Jackson is—he's got to be the favorite, right? And especially oh, if he beats, yeah. if they beat the the Ravens with Lamar Jackson at the helm, if they beat Miami on Sunday, then yeah, it'll be all over. Oh, by the way, I looked it up because this was start number twenty for Brock Purdy in his career, and his first three interception game. Kurt Warner's first three interception game was in his. 19th start and it did happen in the playoffs against Tampa Bay and the Rams wound up winning obviously 11-6 to on that great defensive performance and the touchdown pass to Ricky Prohl but the the parallels between Brock Purdy and Kurt Warner are just eerie
0: I was about to ask you for you said right there I said are you making a comparison with Brock Purdy and Kurt oh, Warner? Oh man,
3: it's unbelievable when you think about a handsome, likable quarterback in the <laughs> NFC West that wears number the 10. The handsome. Emphasis right? on the
0: ham- handsome, yeah. right? Jimmy
3: G and Trent Green both <laughs> wearing, wearing number 10, both uh, suffer a, a season ending leg injury. And then a young quarterback that wears number 13 from a college mm-hmm. in Iowa takes over and starts winning right away, and everybody falls in love with him. And the numbers are incredibly similar and the surrounding cast is fantastic yeah it's really amazing and now when you look at the numbers over 20 games purdy is doing things in his first 19 20 games that only kurt warner had done before
0: so what is your panic level now with the 49ers let's say one not so much 10 you're hitting the panic button because like you said we knew that the 49ers were due for a game like Mm -hmm. this brock purdy specifically but you don't even though it's not the postseason you don't like to see this happening yeah. so late in December
3: it's zero it, because everybody has games like this and Baltimore's really really good mm-hmm. but I think this sets us up for a better Super Bowl if indeed this is a Super Bowl preview but I'm not worried about it McCaffrey is going to be fine and they're going to hand the ball off to McCaffrey it was just a, a weird night and those things happen it's it's not those things. This is not a Brandon Staley. These things happen in the NFL. This is just a, these things happen in the NFL, and I don't worry about it. I believe last year wasn't it that the uh, the Chiefs or no the year the Rams won the Super Bowl. They won. They lost three in a row down the stretch. The Chiefs lost down the stretch last year. It happens to every team.
5: I think we need to point out as we have for a couple other 49ers games who gets hurt in that game Trent Williams who then mm-hmm. their backup gets hurt so they're playing their third string tackle and I think that you saw late in the game when Purdy walks up to Shanahan and Shanahan just kind of tells him you know your night's done they, they were I mean they they knew what would happen it was a freak game we're gonna save Purdy and if we have Trent Williams this isn't gonna happen again because we're not gonna be getting you know blitzed you know four guys behind the line of scrimmage every play
0: Lamar Jackson on the other side too mm-hmm he really deserves those MVP conversations, right? Because of what he's been able to do. And I think that it's really interesting because if you look at offensively this season, it really hasn't been his legs that have been much of the focal point. And I think that they've done a good job of really conserving it. We know that Lamar Jackson, that's always the conversation, right, is that he's just going to be able to run, and that's going to be the focal mm-hmm. point. He still is able to do that, but that hasn't been the primary focus for him offensively. I know that he led the team with 45 yards rushing in this past game, but still the way that they've been able to kind of handle that this season, I think has made it where he is healthy right now when you're getting ready for postseason play. And that has paid off for not only the Ravens, but for Lamar Jackson. Because as we see in the season, it seems like health and availability is yeah. the biggest thing for your quarterbacks.
3: I'm glad you brought this up, Brooke, because I'm looking at it right now and I didn't get a chance to look last night. But right now, uh, as I do look at it, it seems like last year, if the Ravens were third and five or less, it was going to be Lamar running the ball, right? Yeah. Last, uh, Right now, I'm into the second quarter. And two, third and five or less, and both of them throws by Lamar Jackson. Uh, let's see, uh, getting into a third, and they didn't have many thirds, by the way, last night, which is a good way to win football games. But <laughs> it, it, it seems like there were very few instances in which they were third and five or less, and they, they ran a play where he was the, the scheduled runner. He's always, he's become a passing quarterback. Yes. Uh, to, and to your point... With that weapon that he has with his legs. How scary is that for the opposition?
0: It is. And so now they've been able to really build that offense. That's been the big talk with him, right? Is Lamar Jackson, oh, he'll be in that conversation, but he's more of a running quarterback. Mm -hmm. This season, they've done a good job of really managing that where he's, one, been able to maintain his health, where he's in this position right now in late December, which is huge for him and the Ravens. And now he has that ability to where he wants, if he wants to break out more, you've seen in the month of December they have been utilizing his legs more and it's paid off for the Ravens and for him and he's completely healthy which is huge
3: yeah so far and I've got two series left six third and five or less he's run it once he's been sacked once mm-hmm. and then passed four times and let me get uh to, he, there's only one more drive here that's going to make a difference and there wasn't a third and five or less so yeah that, that's he threw it four times, ran it once, and he was going to throw another time and got sacked.
0: That's so, why he deserves the MVP talks. Yes. Yeah, because
3: he is a passing quarterback. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the passing quarterback in Kansas City did not have a great day against the Raiders, and the Raiders always play Kansas City tough. And this, by the way, might have given Antonio Pierce a job, a permanent job. With the Raiders one of the reasons they don't really want to pay another head coach they're already paying Gruden yes. and Josh McDaniels a ton of money and they messed up with Rich Basaccia a few years ago and in the first half after a fumble that was returned for a touchdown Patrick Mahomes throwing the old pick six
4: look at this balls on the ground balls on the ground picked up by the Raiders and they have a touchdown with Nichols
1: throws.
4: Two defensive touchdowns,
3: and the final score was 20 to 14. Those were the only touchdowns that the the Las Vegas Raiders scored. Steve Spagnuolo's defense was actually pretty darn good. They mm-hmm. allowed. Uh, 205 yards of, of total offense. The Chiefs defense did. But the offense could never get things going. I was still convinced, though, even though they lost 20-14 and their offense was not good, I, I thought that Kansas City would score late after they because had scored Because you've to seen it home. before, right? right? right. You,
0: you've seen it over and over again because of who their quarterback is with Patrick Mahomes. But, Randy, Patrick Mahomes looks lost right now. He does. does it almost give you glimpses of Josh Allen a little bit earlier this season? And do you see where I'm going with this? Mm-hmm. That maybe... Maybe there needs to be some coaching changes, because look, wide receivers are not going to pop out out of nowhere, and I know that that's been a big conversation, and I have said that as well, where I just don't think this is a good receiver group, and I think that Rasheed Rice has emerged. He's still a rookie. That's a lot of pressure to put on him, but nothing else is changing. Patrick Holmes looks lost right now. It reminds me of the same look. I just can remember Josh Allen's face earlier this season. I'm just looking completely lost in the system that he's in right now.
3: I think the difference, though, is that Andy Reed's calling the plays here, yeah. and that has And change. They do have a different offensive coordinator. I think the difference here is. Yeah. Yeah, well, and people want to blame Taylor Swift, and they're idiots.
0: I saw that everywhere.
3: Yeah. But think of the name Orlando Brown, all right? Orlando Brown was their left tackle last year. He goes to Cincinnati, and they don't have the same offensive line that they had last year and especially that the the interior isn't playing as well Humphrey isn't playing as well as he's played in Mm -hmm. the past Uh, Joe Tooney has had his moments this year but the big thing is at left tackle they're a mess right now and Mahomes is always under siege it has nothing to do with Taylor Swift and I don't think it has an awful lot to do with Nagy because I think it's Reed and Mahomes that run that show there It's more about the receivers, as you mentioned. Rasheed Rice is what he is, but he's not even Juju Smith-Schuster. No. Right? And the offensive line. And once they get that problem solved at left tackle, I think they'll be a lot better.
0: Yeah, that's a big part of it. And it was a game that I do think, though, that Patrick Mahomes. you mentioned him there, that he really has to look at himself in the mirror and hold himself accountable because there was definitely times, I don't know if you noticed this, where it was like he was waiting for the bigger play downfield. Mm-hmm. And that play isn't emerging. Right. It hasn't emerged really much this season. And that's not coming out of anywhere at this point where he also has to protect himself. And there was times that he wasn't doing a good job of that.
3: No, he, he's always look and especially on the interception at the end, yes. where he's rolling to the right. And you're thinking, I thought he was throwing the ball away and it gets picked off yeah right Mm -hmm. so you're right and it's hard for them because if you watch it's interesting not all the well every single play kelsey is at least double teamed sometimes they triple team him because they have no respect for anybody else
0: yeah exactly
3: and if you can't throw to the one receiver you can count on then what do you do? And he can try to check down, but there's nobody to catch check down passes either, except mm-hmm. for Kadarius Toney, and he doesn't catch him.
0: No. And then, and then the he run was game. yesterday, yeah. Yeah. And the run game is inconsistent. Right. I mean, you have Isaiah Pacheco, who is knocked out of the game. And Hilaire, he's had a little bit of a spark, but he hasn't really provided much. And
3: I don't think they're run blocking very well either. That goes back to the offensive line. It, yeah. it, does, it doesn't seem like they have the holes that they've had in the past.
0: Did you see that Patrick Mahomes gifted his offensive line some golf carts? Do you think that he returned them after that yes, game? Yes,
3: I do. <laughs> Ha! <laughs> Did you see McCaffrey bought clubs for every single player on the offense?
0: Yeah, well, because Brock Purdy apparently doesn't make enough to be able to afford to gift. Because it should be the quarterback typically, as we've seen with Patrick Mahomes and the gift we just talked about. It's usually the quarterback who is gifting the team. And so Christian McCaffrey had to step up. And honestly, good for him because he's the one who's making the big money and has the big contract, so he should be
3: in that situation. Uh, So a, a bad weekend for the Chiefs, a good weekend for Antonio Pierce. We'll talk later about a good weekend for the Lions as they clinch their first division since 1993. Congratulations to Lions fans who have been there through thick and thin. And congratulations to the St. Louis Blues. Yes. uh, What are they calling it? The Miracle Miracle
0: on on Clark Street.
3: Miracle on Clark Street on Saturday night. That's
0: a movie I'd watch.
3: Can it be a miracle if it's a team that doesn't make the playoffs ultimately, though?
0: Oh, don't take away from the beautiful moment, okay, I Randy. Then. I
3: won't. Don't, oh, it can't don't be do that. It's just the Blackhawks.
5: We don't mention mm-hmm. anything else around the context. Like, why do they have Connor Berdard? We don't talk about that. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's, why yes. do they have
0: this Wonderkin player? No need. I'm still bought because in on that conspiracy theory. Gifted him Fair. to the
5: Blackhawks? Fair.
0: I, I'm still bought in on that conspiracy theory. Oh, totally. It's, just, it's, it's too that. perfect of timing. I don't believe, I, I know that fate sometimes works in mysterious ways, but that's a little too obvious.
3: Gary Bettman is a Blackhawks fan. Mm. He's a fan of money. Yes. And see, if the, the Hawks are good, that's money for Gary Bettman in the NHL.
5: And see, this is why baseball's in trouble, because when the NHL rigs a draft, they do it for Chicago. When the baseball rigs the draft, they do it for the state of Ohio.
3: Or Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> Seems yeah. like a weird move to me. Yeah. <laughs> Although the NHL has done it for Pittsburgh a couple times, too. <laughs> Come huh. to think of it. Come to think of it. Oh, yeah. yeah. All of a sudden oh. it's
0: all coming back, yeah. huh? Yeah.
3: <laughs> coming up, three things we love from the weekend here on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to the opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. <laughs>
3: All right, it's time for what we loved about the weekend. Three things we loved about the weekend here on 101 ESPN. Brooke and Randy with you. Matthew is also here. Brooke, what do you got? Number three.
0: Well, mine's going to have to be the miracle on Clark Street, <laughs> as we just street as well, yes. a streak street as we dubbed it earlier. Now, Randy, I know that you are trying to bring up that you know postseason, playoffs, if it really matters. It does matter because I think any time that you have this rivalry going on and it's a good game and the Blues were able to come back in that manner in that game... Randy, I thought that game was done. I, I thought it was two, done five, after that hard Michigan goal, that lacrosse-style goal, goal. I thought that they were done after that point. And for them to be able to come back was just really exciting to see. I still, of course, hate the fact that they had to lose Craig Berube, and he will always be loved here in St. Louis for what he was able to accomplish. But right now, this team is playing with a very renewed energy, and it is exciting to see. And the fact they were able to come up and come back in that manner was exciting to see as well.
3: Brooke, one of the things that... That social media can make somebody look like is an idiot and one of the reasons that I never go on social media and say <laughs> player X is terrible during a game is because you don't know what's going to happen for the rest of the game. I will tell you that I would have gone on social media if I were an idiot and said Justin Falk is terrible uh, during that game. But then he winds up scoring the huge goal and the Blues wind up winning and he winds up being the number one star. There you go. And and you know what? (laughs) It's hard to play hockey. It's hard to play sports. Mm -hmm. It's not easy to to play and you're going to get turned around and you're going to have bad moments at times. It happens to every player in every professional sport. And oh, by the way, the other teams tries, too. Uh, Do they? Yeah, sometimes they're trying (laughs) to win, too. Uh, So congratulations to to Justin Falk and the Blues for uh, pulling off that miracle. It It was fantastic.
0: It really was. And just exciting to see.
3: Yeah, Uh, Brooke, my number three, and I know you're going to get to this, is the and Rights game. I went with uh, Bob and Tony Hawkins from Hawkins Construction and Tim Weiss from from, uh, Weiss Construction and uh, had a a great time at the game, even though it really wasn't that competitive. Man, that atmosphere is so cool for the and Rights game. And it was a few more Illinois fans than Mizzou fans there, but it was half and half. And just the vibe. And this is the start of the holiday season when you Mm -hmm. go to the and Rights game. Just the vibe. Around the game on uh, Thursday night it was really cool. It was fun.
0: And typically, I feel like it's snowing here every time that since I moved here that it's typically snowing. Mm-hmm. But then it was weirdly warm this mm-hmm. weekend. But I just love the environment of having it over at Enterprise Center. It's really cool to see. What in the world happened to Mizzou, by the way? Yeah. Brock, pretty, are you okay? I, I, I think
3: they're just uh, uh, they got blitzed. <laughs> well, here's the thing: they yeah. aren't they aren't as good as Illinois. That's no. that's the thing. The, Illinois is big. They're smooth, they're fast, they're long, and Missouri isn't. <laughs>
5: <laughs> and, and here's the thing. They have Terrence Shannon Jr. and Coleman Hawkins, and yep. Missouri no longer has Kobe Brown. And that's yeah. them's the breaks. And, and and kind of the phrase that's been going around about Dennis Gates, which is true, which I don't fault him for, which is he gambled in the portal, he lost. Which is, that, that's going to happen yep. sometimes in the new way that sports work. Yep. Number 2.
0: My number two, going back to the Blues game this past weekend, there was a very special and touching moment when they decided to go and uh, put on camera Chaser. He was at the Blues game. If you guys haven't seen this, please go watch the video. Kelly Chase, he was back in the building. As we know, he's been battling leukemia and he is so strong. And the fans made sure to tell him and show him how much we are supporting him as he's battling through this. The Blues have that video on social media on X. You can go and see it. It was just such a touching moment. You could see the emotions coming out of Chaser, and we're all cheering him on during this time as he's battling leukemia.
3: Yeah, whatever uh, whatever power you pray to, if you do, say one for Kelly Chase, because in addition to being a great broadcaster and a great ambassador for St. Louis and a great hockey player for St. Louis who adores St. Louis. When he when he left the Blues the first time, he, he literally broke down in tears. He just loves this town so much. But in addition to all of that, he is – in his heart, he's one of the best human beings you will ever meet. He's one of the nicest people and one of the most caring and giving people that you'll ever meet. And He shouldn't have to face this, and he's definitely not facing it alone. I think he's got a whole community behind him.
0: Yeah, Jamie Rivers said it best is that he's been a scrapper his whole life, and he's going to continue to do that. But it was just a touching moment to see him come out and also witness that game. I don't think it's a coincidence that he was in the building and the Blues were able to really... You know, scrap their way back and claw their way back into the game like they did.
3: Yeah. Uh, Brooke, my number two is along those lines because another guy in the building that night was the great one, Wayne Gretzky. And it's so cool that there's a lot of places Wayne Gretzky could be on Christmas. And he's here. And he mentioned in the interview with Andy Strickland the other night that his mother in law is 102, but he and Janet, his wife, have. Uh, kept a home here in St. Louis for a long, long time. He loves the uh, the the chicken, the, the uh, rotisserie chicken at Schnucks, and so he he loves to go in there, and this is a place where athletes can go around and not be bothered and not be hassled, but one of the great things about St. Louis, and it's the biggest small town in America, is that as a sports fan, you can be going through a store, and you can run into Ozzy Smith at the grocery store, you can run into Aeneas Williams at Walgreens, or you, you can run into Orlando at the gas station, you can run into, into all these Hall of Famers randomly, and that just doesn't happen in Chicago or Los Angeles or New York. It's pretty cool that uh, we have the access, and by the way, the, the Great One is another one of those, uh, we, we have the access to these players who just love being here because it's a town of great people.
0: Yeah, I I was asking you before the show started, I was like, is he as nice as he seems? Because obviously he's been around and I remember he was around a lot during the Blue Stanley Cup run. But Randy, as you know, anytime that the Great One is around, there's a media frenzy and I was never able to get that close to him to even talk to him. But just hearing him talk during the broadcast of that interview with Andy Strickland and just seems, he seems like such a nice cool guy. And I'm like, he doesn't have to be, you know, he's the Great One one for a reason but he is so humble and kind and it seems very caring
3: well it's really interesting and i love them both but when you compare gretzky's hall of fame speech to michael jordan's hall uh, of fame speech oh, right yeah and michael still thinks he can play and michael still got the chip on his shoulder and you're right wayne gretzky just exudes class
0: he does yes
3: number one
0: my number 1 is that it was a great overall weekend for the St. Louis area, specifically for sports. And you were just talking about that, Randy. That you were able to see so many talented athletes around here. But to have so many events here in St. Louis, you had the wrestling match between Illinois and Mizzou. By the way, Mizzou winning that one. Yeah, congratulations then, to them. There. There you go to Coach Brian Smith. We we enjoy having him on. And then you had the Bragg and rights game for Mizzou basketball and Illinois basketball. And then you had the Blues-Blackhawks game. That is just a great overall weekend weekend by the way and rights has been extended at enterprise center so we are very excited for that 2029 right 2029 yes and so this is huge for the st louis area this is what drives progress Mm -hmm. in this region is sports this is why i came Mm -hmm. here to st louis randy (laughs) is because this is a true sports town and it's just really exciting to see more events stay here and continue to come here
3: well without beer And Anheuser-Busch is still here, and we love all of our Anheuser-Busch partners and friends and fans that work there, but it's not the beer center anymore because it got sold to InBev. The one thing that our town does well is sports. Mm -hmm. By the way, thanks to Bush for renewing their uh, naming rights for Bush Stadium. Yeah. Uh, But... uh, the, the one thing that we do really well here, we, we certainly don't do well in getting along with each other. Right. Uh, we, we, we aren't number one in anything that you want to be number one in. But we are as loyal a sports fan as you'll ever run across and as avid a sports fan as you'll ever run across. I would say that the one thing that we do best in St. Louis is sports.
0: Exactly. I love it so much here. And just having that weekend where you had so many people going to Mm -hmm. games, events and supporting it. And that's the other thing is that the events can come here, but it takes the people actually supporting Mm -hmm. it where you get that renewal and that contract. And
3: people have been doing that. Pretty cool, uh, Brooke. My number one, and as you know, I'm a, a really hot take sports guy. Oh
0: yeah. So, uh, somebody on social media called you the Stephen A. Smith of St. Louis, I believe, one time.
3: Uh, I think they they may have called me that. Yeah. Yeah. I think they I think they actually threw that one blasphemy. Me. Tell me about that blasphemy. I think that's you're, you're, the, you're oh, the you're the you're ma- the mad dog. Yeah, you're, you're mad the dog, dog right? of St. Louis. Tell me about that. So here's my thing. <laughs> we as as hot take sports guys. Oh, yes. We don't change our opinion very often. No. All right. So I used to think. Oh, to have sports on Christmas Eve and Christmas night? How disrespectful is that? There was a football game on Christmas Eve, and I loved it. And mm-hmm. there was a Christmas there. There was a full day of uh, of football on Christmas Day, and I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, NFL, for being as disrespectful as you can be because you entertained me, and I loved it. I I loved all the sports on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Is
0: it really disrespectful though? Because then it yeah, brings everybody to together, lard. where you're 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 gathering together to go stare at the TV.
3: Well, that's exactly. Yeah, rather than staring at a Christmas tree and spending time with your family opening presents and enjoying them and enjoying a (laughs) meal together, uh, (laughs) your dad's able to slip away and watch a game.
0: Yes, yes. So, yeah, I,
3: I really liked it. Thank you, NFL. And by the way, if Christmas falls on a Tuesday or Wednesday... No skin off my nose if you're going to show me a game. I'm fine. I'm good with yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It so, was a great weekend of games. It, it, it was
3: great. So, uh, hey, let's throw some uh, some more college games in there, too, on Chris. We used to only have the... I'd come home in the Hawaii Bowl. That was the only oh, game on on Christmas yes. Eve, remember? Yes. Yes. And uh, so now we, we've we got multiple things, and I hope it stays that way.
0: I hey, think it makes sense to me. Because you're does. already there at the house. You're all... Look we all know, we've all been a part of those holiday parties or Christmas, whatever holiday Mm -hmm. event, where some family members linger for a little bit too Too long. long. (laughs) And so then you're able to kind of segue over the TV, and if there's not enough talking, they'll be like, okay, well maybe I've kind of say it a little bit too long here mm-hmm. or they come over and you don't have to worry about the small talk conversations you can just, right. watch just watch the, watch game. the game there yeah. you go thank
3: you so we're all on the same page here uh that's brooke that's matthew i'm randy by the way uh, multiple texts and we do have the text line open. dan doesn't like the text line or we're gonna have to get him to buy into three one four three nine 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 six four six three one four three nine nine yo ho! see we got it here uh so Uh, But on our YouTube channel, which is uh, the Air Alliance Team Studio Cam, several notes, and you can watch us this morning, uh, that uh, love, 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 Chaser, you got this, brother. And Kevin says, Chase is not alone in this fight. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much for your support of Chaser. And also, here, let me turn my camera. Can you see me better now? There we go. Uh, I want to see your
0: face, Randy. I want to see
3: your face. Uh, And then... uh, also on the text line, uh, we, we appreciate the, the support of Kelly Chase. Coming up, four downs from this weekend in the NFL on 101 ESPN. The
1: smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber.
3: Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at
5: Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex,
3: Evergreen, and AZEC to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be
1: undersold on in-stock decking materials, guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with
3: Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs.
5: Come visit all Hackman Lumber showrooms in St. Charles Pacific and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it?
2: Back
1: to the opening drive
2: podcast
1: on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
3: Time for four downs from the National Football League from this weekend. Brooke, what do you got on first down? My first
0: down is going to be the Lions beating the Vikings this past weekend 30-24 to after 30 long years guys 30 long years the Lions are division champs it's just really exciting what they have going on I know that they got off to a rough start and kind of the theme of the teams I'm going with today is redemption era so I know that the Lions got off to a tough start this season I think that it has a lot to do with these rookies really taking shape Jameer Gibbs, Sam Laporta those are two guys that have been really exciting to see and watch this season and somehow it's a gamble with rookies, right? We were talking about Rasheed Rice earlier and how there's a lot of pressure that comes with it, but Laporta and Gibbs have really rose to the occasion with what they were able to do. I don't know if you saw this this past weekend, this stat that they had. Combined, Gibbs and Laporta each now have nine plus scrimmage yard, scrimmage touchdowns this season. As a result, they are the first pair of rookie teammates in NFL history to score nine touchdowns apiece. Wow. That has really paid off for the Lions this season, and they've improved 11 of four and They've clinched the NFC North. It's really exciting to see what they have built this season.
3: Their coach has done a magnificent job. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jared Goff is a stud, at quarterback. Apparently the the Rams, who did, by the way, win a Super Bowl after trading him, but they didn't see a future in him. But one of the cool things about them, from my standpoint, and I I think everybody that uh, lives here, is that they have three St. Louisans that are contributing yeah. on a regular basis. You mentioned Laporta, Jamison Williams, who went to Cardinal Ritter before going to Ohio State and then Alabama. And then their punter, Jack Fox, is one of the best mm-hmm. punters in the NFL. So, yeah, they're... They're, they're not only a fun team and a fan base that has paid the price over the years, one playoff victory for that franchise since 1957. I'm so happy for their fans.
0: Yeah. And who knows what will happen next, but still, they deserve a lot of credit for what they've been able to accomplish, especially for those rookies. The rookies have really been the story. I know that you mentioned Jared Goff there, but the rookies have been the big mm-hmm. story. Yeah. Or I guess you could say surprise this season for the Lions and their success.
3: Yeah. Uh, Brooke, time for second, second down. Now. There we go. I mention this all the time, that I think that one of the problems that quarterbacks in the NFL have is being in the wrong place at the wrong time. You look at Zach Wilson. He probably did not get drafted to the right spot. Daniel Jones probably didn't get drafted to the right spot. Uh, Justin Love, Jordan Love probably did. Justin Fields probably did not. One guy who was in the right spot, then in the wrong spot, and is back in the right spot is Joe Flacco. In his first five years in the NFL, he leads teams to records of 11-5, 9-7, 12-4, 12-4, 10-6, then 8-8, 10-6, before injuries hit. And he, he still only had one losing season with the Ravens. Then he goes to Denver, a disaster. And the Broncos are 2-6. and six. Then he goes to the Jets, maybe the biggest disaster in the league. And his quarterback records are 0-4, 0-1, and 1-3. and, 1, and, 1 and 3. Now he's with a place where they have talent. They can run the ball. They have talent on the outside, Amari Cooper. They have a good tight end in David Njoku. They have a good offensive line and a good defense. And lo and behold, Joe Flacco is 3-1 and 1 with the Cleveland Browns. And looks like one of the great stories in the NFL they this year it's amazing to me how a team can make a quarterback at times rather than the quarterback making the team and if joe flacco is still with the jets he and they are still a disaster but he moves From on Thanksgiving, from the couch to the Browns, and he's in the right place at the right time. (laughs)
0: He said from the couch to the Browns. Literally. They
3: called him while he was on his couch on Thanksgiving and signed him, and here he is headed to the playoffs.
0: It's so weird how this has all worked out. But I do think that the right place, right time, really does matter. And Joe Flacco has really proved that this season. Now, do you have any concerns about how long this will go on for the Browns and for Flacco? I do,
3: yeah. But you know what? I... If the playoffs started today, I, I would be intrigued by—and I think their matchup would be Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I think it would be the Browns at Kansas City. I, I would be really intrigued by that game. With the Raiders winning at KC yesterday, Yeah, I'd be really interested to see what happens. With that defense, man.
0: Yeah, the Browns' defense is the reason that they've been able to stay mm-hmm. around. Also, you mentioned the Chiefs. The Chiefs' defense is the reason why yeah. they've been able to stay around while they try to figure out things offensively. And that seems to be the key for a lot of these teams is, okay, your defense needs to be good enough to keep you in games and even help you win games while you're trying to figure out what's going on offensively, especially with everything that the Browns have gone through this season. Yeah.
3: And by the way, I had forgotten the connection until I saw Spags with Antonio Pierce yesterday post game. but Spags was the defensive coordinator for the Giants when Pierce was their middle linebacker when they won the Super Bowl over the Patriots.
5: How much money should I start saving to bet on Joe Flacco throwing a pick six in a playoff game? Because it feels like the most obvious
3: thing I've ever Don't do my, thing <laughs> my Don't about Don't do it. Don't do it. This is the new Joe Flacco.
0: Renewed. Revitalized.
3: Yeah. Did you watch Amari Cooper the other day?
0: Amari, that, that connection, is yes, with insane. Amari Cooper. Yes. Yeah, God, yes.
5: that was insane. All right, fine. Third down.
0: Continuing with my redemption segment here. We're going to go over to the Bucks beating the Jags this past weekend. Mm -hmm. Yes. But Baker Mayfield, his redemption tour has been a surprise this NFL season yeah. and there's been many surprises Randy this NFL season but with what he's been able to do has been at least exciting to see he's really red hot at this moment and also their defense has been able to keep him in game the games their defense has given up 18.8 points per game over the past four games and their schedule hasn't been the greatest but the Buccaneers are beating teams that they're supposed to beat and teams that they weren't beating at the beginning of the year mm-hmm. so it's really just exciting to see Baker Mayfield and the progression that he's been able to have, and also the redemption tour that he's been able to have, too.
3: Is this another case of what we were just talking about, Is in right place, right time? It feels like it, right? Yeah, because it it doesn't feel like they ever really liked him. The fans fans did, and obviously they let him live in the stadium in Cleveland, so somebody liked him there. But But
0: even the team, I mean, with his contract, it was kind of, okay, we'll see what happens here, but we're not fully banking on
3: you. Right. And now it seems like the the players say, "Hey, he's a, he's a dude." The coaches like him, and he seems confident and happy with what he's got going on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I'm with you. I, I think that it's a, a redemption tour, and I hope he succeeds there. I hope that uh, he, he's the kind of quarterback that I think you like having on your side. He's got a little yeah, edge to him.
0: He does. Oh, so, we've seen that edge yeah. in his career. But this seems like a little bit more of a, a toned down version of that because of the adversity that he has had to face. But still, at this point. What he's been able to do there, I think really shows that he deserves a shot at being a starter.
3: I'm with you 100%. Fourth and down. <laughs> Time for fourth down. Brooke, the Dallas Cowboys are 7-0 and at home and now 3-5 and on the road, their road losses at Arizona, 28 to 16. They lose to the 49ers, but it wasn't close. It was 42 to 10. They lose to the Eagles, 28, 23. The Cowboys do on the road and they've lost their last two at Buffalo. And then they choke against Miami on uh, Sunday uh, against the Dolphins or on, that would have been Saturday, Saturday against the Dolphins. Uh, the, the, the Cowboys are a pretty talented team But they aren't a great team and they aren't a great they aren't a team with a steely resolve i would be really concerned as a cowboy fan if i were ever that would be like the worst curse of my life to be a cowboy fan but (laughs) i would be really concerned about them going on the road for a playoff game because not only can they not beat good teams on the road i'm not so sure that they can hang with good teams on the road. What
0: could even be the issue there with that? Because the Cowboys, as you mentioned, are 0-4 against teams with winning records on the road. 3-0 at home. I don't I don't understand how you could even get to this point. 3-0 at home, by the way, with winning record yep. teams. Uh, how do you even get to this point? Is it just a mental thing or, <laughs> or is there something else going on in Jerry's world?
3: The great teams have an innate toughness. You saw that with the with the 99 Titans. They were just yes. tough. Obviously, the, the Rams here were tough. If you look at the, the Chiefs uh, the, over the last, well, ever since Andy Reid got there, there's just a built-in toughness. And I don't see that toughness on the part of the Cowboys. I, I see bravado on the mm-hmm. part of Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons, but I don't see toughness. And there's a difference because bravado is fake toughness. And I, I don't see those people that you, you say, okay, we get to a fourth quarter in a close game. I'm not worried. If I get to the fourth quarter in a close game with the Cowboys, I'm worried. So all bark, no bite, basically. Bingo. There. Well, well put. Yeah, that's that's what they are. And I don't think that they're going to go on the road and succeed. Come playoff time, and I know their fans, and their fans should believe in them because that's what we are as fans. We we believe in our team. But right now, if the playoffs started today, they would be at Tampa, and I'm not so sure that they could beat. The Buccaneers. Or let, let me make sure I'm right here. Yeah, they would be – it would be Philadelphia against the Seahawks, the Lions against the Rams, and the Bucks against the Cowboys. Cowboys and they would be on the road. Cowboys yeah, at Tampa. Yeah. I don't – I'm not so sure that they can go into Tampa and beat the Bucks.
0: No, and this isn't the same because they played against each other last year, if you remember. Mm-hmm. This isn't the same Bucks team no. whatsoever. And with the way that Dallas has played on the road, that's what the situation they would be in in this – They haven't shown you anything that they can handle any adversity on the
3: road. No, exactly right. So uh, those are four downs. And um, I I like that the Cowboys make the playoffs so that I can watch them get crushed.
0: You want to watch that?
3: Yeah, I do. It happens sometimes. I know, but I don't get tired of it. (laughs) (laughs) That's four downs from the NFL on 101 ESPN. Coming up, get your text in to the Air Comfort Service text line. 314-399-964-6314-399. Yo-ho! We've got Take It or Leave It coming your way next on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or
1: Leave It. Want to say something? Want to put it out there?
3: Is Brooke Grimsley and Matthew Rocchio. I'm Randy Carriker. Get your text in to the Air Comfort Service sex line 314-399-9646-314-399. Yo-ho! Okay, Brooke, the Cincinnati Enquirer reported yesterday that the Chicago White Sox have requested three of the Reds' top four prospects in exchange for Dylan Cease, an A-ball right hander, a right hander who's made his way to the major leagues, and their other uh, prospect is a shortstop. Take it or leave it, without including Mason Wynn in the deal, the Cardinals should give up a package that would include Tinkent's, Gordon Griseffo, and a young major league middle infielder, Nolan Gorman, to get Dylan Cease.
0: Ooh. Man. I Okay, so can I do two? versions of this. I yes, think Cardinals wise John Mozeliak I think that he would leave that. Mm-hmm. I can't see him giving up that because that is a lot. It they're is. wanting they're wanting quality and quantity they basically. Are. The yep. White Sox are asking a lot in this trade with Dylan Cease. Now personally I think that I would take it because you have to. And he has two years left to control, Dylan Cease does. And guess what? The Cardinals are going to be in this position again. Right, Randy? The, they this, are. This is not this is not something that is going to go away, their need for some top, you know, front-end starting pitching. So I'm going to have to take it. But then again, it's going to be really tough parting with those guys.
3: Okay, so how about if I leave Tink Hence out of it and I go Gorman, Graceffo, and a lesser uh, pitcher. Uh,
0: Is there any way we can leave Gorman out of this? No. No.
3: no. He's the centerpiece for the White Sox. So, uh, and I won't use any of the guys that we got in trades. We are are the Cardinals. How about Michael McGreevy? Would you do that? Because you're getting Cease back.
0: You are. I, I might... Have to take it, Randy, just because I think we're desperate. How do you feel about it?
3: I would do it. I, I would even do hence because the Cardinals have had zero luck in developing young pitchers. Yes. I'm assuming that, that that bad luck is going to continue. And I'm not so sure that Gorman is going to be healthy. Gorman's had, this is two years of now of back issues that he's had to deal with. It's not just a week back. Um, it's, it's not a week back. It's, it's, it's a couple of years. So I think I would do it. I would have to be confident that I had somebody that could help Dylan Cease return to form. But I think I would simply because I don't. Uh, here, I think we'll sit here saying, OK, here comes Gordon Graceffo. He's going to be ready. And he winds up being Jack Flaherty and has a half of a good season. Or he winds up being Alex Reyes and is hurt all the time. I don't want that again. And I know Dylan Cease has already done it here.
0: But then you also have to live with the pain of Nolan Gorman is likely going to be successful wherever he yep, goes. He I mean, it's very rare in a lot of teams. I can't I personally, and that's why I did two versions of it, because I personally just think that John Mozeliak and the Cardinals are not going, going to part with a left-handed power bat like Nolan Gorman, because that's also hard to come by.
3: And they got burned. They they have been burned, and I think yes. once burned, twice shy. Exactly. Twice burned, oh. with if you want to count like both. Well, Okay, let's count one trade. Let's count it as once burned. But yes. it, you did give up a Zach Allen, who started in the World Series, and you did give up Sandy Alcantara, who did win a Cy Young. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's definitely in the back of their minds. Yeah. I, I don't think that will ever go away. So, take it or leave it, you were talking about the Taylor Swift curse. And it's all over social media mm-hmm. now, Randy, that Taylor Swift, because of this relationship that Travis Kelsey and the Chiefs are doomed, take it or leave it, you believe in the Taylor curse.
3: Uh, Brooke, I'm going to have to leave that. Now, I I would ask these people that are blaming the Taylor Swift curse this question. How the hell did the Patriots win their last three Super Bowls with Giselle being in the box (laughs) all the time? And that was with the quarterback. Yeah. That wasn't the tight end. That was the quarterback. supermodel. Yeah. Yeah. So how how did that happen? I I, I think people are reaching. uh, I would suggest that it's more the curse of Orlando Brown than the curse of Taylor Swift
0: oh yeah
3: i think players making plays are the key
0: oh yeah so you're saying that the person in the press box or not in just in a box in general doesn't have anything to do with what's going on but on the field
3: i would suggest brooke that that is the case
0: yeah. wow
5: no. yes but you guys aren't thinking travis kelsey's the only player in the chief's locker room who's going through a relationship right now and has to like put time into that
0: yeah only one no well, patrick mahomes doesn't have a family or anything no
3: Jackson Mahomes has never been a distraction to the Kansas (laughs) City Chiefs. (laughs)
0: Where has he been, by the way?
3: Uh, I think they put him in the back row now <laughs> with Taylor. In Taylor Swift's
0: people are like, okay, yeah. we got we're we're trying we're trying to make some good PR moves yeah. here. We got to make sure we got to move him to the back a little bit.
5: People really think that an inter- like one international flight on a private jet is like taxing Jason Kel- Travis Kelsey so much that that's why he's dropping some of these passes. Like this is a legitimate thing.
3: People with brains and like the ability to process logic actually think. Yeah, it's well, you got to go to the lowest common denominator. And one thing that I learned way too late in life is that there does have to be a dumbest person in the world.
0: Mm, Yes.
3: And those people find their way to social media. (laughs) Just saying it happens. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, uh, Matthew, what do we got on the text
5: line? Take it or leave it. Donovan, McGreevy, Jerpy, and Baez for Cease. No chance. And I don't think the oh. White Sox say yes to that. No, I don't either.
0: No, I don't think that that's even what they're looking for. And no. we're touching on this, but the White Sox really are asking for a lot here. A lot. Do you think that they saw... Okay, well, we saw what happened with Yamamoto. You guys are really desperate for some pitching here.
3: Yeah, and, and everybody the will, will be... asking price is high. Yeah. And I, I wonder what the Dodgers gave up for Glass now. And he only had one year left, but they... I think he kind of forced his way. Apparently, Glasnow told the, the Rays, look, I'm only signing an extension with the Dodgers. Mm. So that kind of changed, kind of like when the Cardinals got Arnato kind of changed what the asking price could be. But with this situation, yes, there will be teams that are willing to give up that much to get Dylan Cease. And right now, they're in a negotiation stage. And I don't think GMs are even talking during this week.
5: Uh, take it or leave it. You cannot have Brock Purdy in the NF- in the MVP discussion after last night. Take it.
0: Oh, I'm going to take it, too.
5: Um, you can have one guy. FanDuel, by the way, is certainly taking it. He was um, the only favorite on Saturday afternoon at, um, I, th- I believe it was minus 190, I saw. He is now plus 1,300. Lamar yeah. Jackson was plus 500. Yep.
3: He is now minus 170. You can't put Dak, Dak Prescott in there. You can't put Jalen Hurts in the conversation.
0: Can you put... What about... What about... What
3: about McCaffrey?
0: McCaffrey. I was going to say McCaffrey. Is he a part yeah. of this conversation? I think,
3: I think actually Josh Allen probably moves back in. You think?
0: It's going to be a 100% recency bias, totally. right, with this yeah. award. But... I just still can't get over the fact, while I think that Christian McCaffrey deserves to be in that conversation, it might as well be renamed Most Valuable Passer.
5: Yeah, Award. right. You're that's, 100% a, that's, right. that's
0: what it should be, right? Yeah. So that's what it's going to come down to. Yeah. And right now, yeah. with that game and the recency bias because of how weird this NFL season has been, Lamar Jackson is the clear front runner now.
3: Now, Baltimore plays Miami next week. If Tua has a great game against the Ravens and Jackson does not have a great game oh, against man. the Dolphins. We're
0: going to keep going back and forth between <laughs> this. Yeah, recency bias. even last week, Brock Purdy was still... Wasn't Brock Purdy was at the, the top of the conversations? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just... It's so crazy how much it's yeah. changed.
3: And nobody ever mentions Jared Goff. Literally Saturday... Oh, yeah. Literally the favorite Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah.
5: Absolutely insane. Uh, take it or leave the Royals are having a better offseason than the Cardinals.
3: Well, they signed Waka and uh, Seth Lugo. Did they get anybody else? Will Smith and Stratton. Oh, yeah, Will Smith and, and Stratton. Okay, so we, we, we've we been there, done that with Stratton. Will Smith has pitched for the last three world champions. But I would say in terms of filling needs, the Cardinals have been more effective. And the Cardinals didn't have as far to come as the Royals do. The Royals have a lot of holes to fill. But yes. I, I would suggest that the, it, let's just set the... Did the Cardinals get closer to making the playoffs with their offseason than the Royals did? Yes. Mm -hmm. Not that the Cardinals are close. I still think they're a 500 team, but I think the Royals are still an also-ran.
5: I don't know why I'm going to read this one. It seems kind of mean, but there's an NFC Championship game between the Cowboys and the Rams. Take it or leave it. Randy bites the bullet and roots for the Cowboys.
0: Oh.
3: Um... First of all, I would not watch it, so I wouldn't have a rooting interest. <laughs> you, so, you watch
0: it just to see a disaster, possibly? I
3: would hope for the disaster, yeah. Uh, so the Rams and Patriots met in the Super Bowl, and I didn't watch a down of that game. Oh. <laughs> didn't watch a down. I, I actually drove my daughter back to college yeah. that night. I would not watch it. I would find something else to do. I Anything to, else? I would go to a movie theater.
5: <laughs> I, 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 like would, I like that. I would stay away. One final one. Take it or leave it. It's perfectly acceptable to leave up your Christmas decorations until
3: New Year's. Oh, totally take take it. that 100. Yeah, I,
0: I, get, I don't see anything wrong with that.
3: I, I have a friend that keeps stuff up until like April or May.
0: April or May? Yeah, it's
3: a joyous season. Just Randy, tr- are
0: you the are you the friend? Are no, you the friend not, in this situation?
3: No. no.
0: <laughs> you know what I'm talking I, about? Where you're like, yeah. well, my friend over yeah. here. You know, what oh, do yeah. you think about that? Yeah, Jim.
3: Who? What, what happened to Paris? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, my friend Jim. No, it's uh no, but. Sometimes there are extenuating circumstances. Sometimes like people break bones and they can't take a tree down and stuff like that. Oh
0: wow. Yeah. yeah. That that happens. So, but no,
3: New Year's. Come on. You it, there's no way you should take your stuff down before New Year's, is there?
0: I I think that maybe some people do, but I I agree. I think that you should just let it let it go, yeah. you know? Just enjoy it for a little bit right. longer. It's beautiful. Let's
3: end this joy and happiness ASAP. Let's take our (laughs) stuff down. (laughs) Enough.
0: Enough. All right. New year. We're done with this. Move on.
3: (laughs) Coming up here on 101 ESPN, Greg Amsinger highlighted the move, one move that the Cardinals can make to put up a fight against the Doyers. Would it be enough? That's next on 101 ESPN
1: to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Today's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's fresh take.
1: 2022 Dylan Cease is who you go get. You cannot think last year... The Chicago White Sox, which many people have talked about. Uh, Keenan Middleton was traded to the uh, to the uh, New York Yankees and openly talked about how dysfunctional that clubhouse was and how, how awful the environment was on the south side of Chicago. That affects human beings. And I think Dylan Cease was affected by it. The St. Louis Cardinals, you think, big picture here. Are we going to even sniff a World Series or are the Dodgers going to build this juggernaut? Are the other National League teams going to sit by the side and watch the Dodgers build a machine that no one else can compete with? I would be shocked if that were the case.
3: That is Greg Amzinger of MLB Network with us on Thursday. It's 8.07. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. And officially licensed Rolex jeweler, Brooke Grimsley, Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us. And I would say that the Cardinals or any of the other good teams in the National League, and that includes Philadelphia, that includes Atlanta, that includes Arizona, that includes San Diego, that includes Milwaukee. And maybe if they do things right, the Cubs, too. There are a lot of teams out there that can beat the Dodgers in a playoff series, even with the additions that they've made, because we've seen super teams get beat in the playoffs year after year after year. So, as Greg su- suggests, the one thing that could set the Cardinals apart is the addition of a guy like Dylan Seas, with Glasnow now off the market, and no Yamamoto coming, and uh, Imanaga is not walking through that door. The one number one that would be seem to be available would be Dylan Cease, and I, I'm I, I'm intrigued by it now. Uh, Jason Williams of the Cincinnati Enquirer said that the uh, the White Sox want want the Reds. Two, three, and four prospects. Shortstop and second baseman Edwin Arroyo, who is in the minors right now and is expected to make the major leagues in 2025. Connor Phillips is also already up with the Reds. Uh, a big right-handed pitcher, 6'2", 209, and has really good stuff. And then uh, an A-ball pitcher by the name of uh, uh, Rhett Louder. Mm-hmm. So if you're the Cardinals you're thinking, okay, we've got it. And by the way, those three are all top 100 prospects. So if you're the Cardinals, you got to figure, well, the Reds gave up their top four, or the, the, the Reds got Seattle's top four for Luis Castillo, and now they're being asked for three of their top four from the White Sox for Cease. That seems to be the going rate for a pitcher like that. And By the way, Castillo was a guy that had a little bit of control left, and the Mariners signed him to a huge extension. You have to trade for the player with the expectation that you're going to sign him to a massive extension. But if I'm the Cardinals, I've won World Series with number one pitchers. I keep watching teams win World Series with number one starters, and I don't have one. I I love. What I have in my two, three, four, five, six guys, but I don't feel like I have a number one right now.
0: And Randy, you've said it all along, and even the guests that we have brought in, the starting rotation, it just needs one more mm-hmm. piece. You need that guy that can be your true ace, that can be at the front of your rotation, and that would be the little cherry on top. That's what the Cardinals need, where you could say, Okay, I feel really good about this starting rotation mm-hmm. moving forward. And oh, by the way, he has two years of control. I agree with Greg. You have to throw out what happened last year. That was a very weird situation with the White Sox. Yes, it was very toxic with the White Sox. I know that he had a down year with a 4.58 ERA, but in 2022... Not that long ago, Mm -hmm. he finished as the AL Cy Young runner-up, and he's also one of the best strikeout pitchers in baseball. Randy, what are the Cardinals missing?
3: Strikeout pitchers.
0: Well, that sounds like you have a guy right there. And also, the other teams who are in this conversation right now, supposedly, reportedly, with Dylan Cease, include the Reds, as you mentioned, the Braves, the Orioles, but the Braves really lack significant prospect capital. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of take them out of the conversation for Cease, and the Reds, will not trade, I don't think, for you know three or more of their top 100 prospects. I think that you could take them out of the conversation. And then when you also look at the Orioles, they've already said, their owner has already said that basically they're not going to part with their top prospects. So you can take them out of the conversation. This is a perfect yep. opportunity for the Cardinals and John Mozeliak to swoop in. I know that they do not like these mm-hmm. trades, but to swoop in and get something that could really help this team moving forward because, by the way, he also has two years of control left.
3: And Brooke, you remember during the season, and John Angelo said he doesn't think that the Orioles are going to be able to sign their young players. Yes. So they would trade for Dylan Cease with the knowledge that they couldn't keep him for the long term. Mm-hmm. And they would be, they still need to take another step before they're a World Series team, I believe. Exactly. Now, getting a guy like Dylan Cease would do that, but I think it would set him back to trade three prospects for a guy that's only going to be there for two years. Oh, by the way, D- Dylan Cease last year, and we've mentioned before, the Twins won 87 games In the games that Sonny Gray started, they went 14 and 18. The White Sox went 61 and 101. They finished 40 games under 500. And in the games that Dylan Cease started, they went 16 and 17. They were only one game under 500 in the games that Dylan Cease started. And to me, even if you don't like the win stat, which is fine, you don't have to like the win stat, but look at what the team did in the games that the pitcher started. Mm -hmm. That, to me, is a pretty pretty telling statistic. And the year before that, by the way, uh, he was sensational. He had the 14 consecutive games where he allowed zero or one runs. So uh, I would have to, my puke point for Dylan Cease is very high. If I'm the Cardinals.
0: But... If you're the Cardinals and you know your history, and that's the situation we're in right now. Because if you talk to a lot of the other people who are currently covering the Cardinals right now, the beat reporters, like a Katie Wu or anybody like that, Derek Gould, it seems like they're not willing to part with Nolan Gorman, who would be the centerpiece of that trade. Because if you look at what at least the rumors are of what the White Sox are asking for, I mentioned this earlier, it's quality and quantity. They're going to be asking a lot. And they're going to be asking for at least a few of your top 100 prospects, which is hard for a lot of teams to part with
3: but let me ask you this question and I'll ask everybody that's listening this question do you have a better chance to get into the tournament in 2023 and oh by the way I don't know this is a small sample size I've Mm -hmm. now met four different people uh, people that I generally don't know uh, who who have told me that they've been Cardinal season ticket holders they bought talker tickets last year Mm -hmm. and now they're having to make the choice because both are expensive and all four are going soccer rather than baseball. And one yeah. of them told me that when the Cardinals called and said, hey, what can we do? And I don't call for people's head. This is a season ticket holder. What can we do to bring you back? He said, fire Mo." That was what a season ticket holder said to the, his, his rep. So there is, I think the Cardinals have to figure out how we can get back to the playoffs. So the question for me is, do you think you have a better chance to get into the tournament where randomness prevails, with Dylan Cease and without Nolan Gorman or without Dylan Cease and with Nolan Gorman. So this team as is with with Nolan Gorman as your DH and your starting rotation as is Gray, Gibson, Lynn, Michaelis, Mats, or Thompson or with Cease, mm-hmm. Gibson, Lynn, Michaelis, uh, did I put in Lynn? Whoever. The, yeah. the three starters that you signed, plus Cease and and Stephen Matt. Well, it always and, and goes back Mike. to
0: starting yeah. pitching because yeah. offense, I feel like, is, is... You feel like pitching is harder to come by. Good pitching mm-hmm. is harder to come by yeah. rather than offense. And when it comes to the DH position, too, we know that Nolan Gorman will need that because they don't see him as an everyday player right. because of his back issues that he has. And so... You also have Paul Goldschmidt, who, by the way, was DHing a little bit more. I know mm-hmm. that it's still not a lot, but he was DHing a little bit more last season because he's getting on up there in age. So, how much time is he going to be DHing this season with Nolan Gorman? So, how much are we going to actually be utilizing New- Nolan Gorman this season? Well,
3: and then the following year, or maybe even this year, if Victor Scott is on your team, does Walker move to first mm. and whoever is playing center field move to right? Yeah. So, it, the the Cardinals have questions to answer, but to me the bottom line is, and as Greg mentioned, the one thing that can get you into the conversation is a number one starting pitcher, and. I don't think the Cardinals have that ace right now.
0: Well, and also you had John Mozeliak saying not too long ago that they need to change their pitching philosophy to more mm-hmm. swing and miss. And get that's it. not something that you can just grow on trees. It's something that right now they don't have enough of in their organization. So you're going to have to go outside of your organization to get it.
3: That's today's Fresh Take on 101 ESPN. Coming up, your St. Louis Blues are back at it on the 27th. That would be tomorrow night against Dallas at Enterprise Center. Chris Kerber, the voice of the Blues, is going to join us next on 101 101- Is he not? John Kelly. Oh, John Kelly. It's Tuesday. I'm thinking it's Monday. J.K. (laughs) is next on 101 ESPN.
0: Just J.K.
1: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We are talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Blues Booth. Presented by Boardwalk
1: Hardwood Floors, a proud partner of your St. Louis Blues. Find your perfect new floor at our four convenient locations and online at BoardwalkHardwood.com. He sees him, he's covered though, now Hayes drifts out, across, In a shot, and he
6: scores!
4: Eight seven front, they score! Cairo, are you kidding me, kid? They've tied the game.
3: The miracle on Clark Street on Saturday night over at Enterprise Center. The Blues come back for a win over the Blackhawks, and now the Blues will take on the Stars tomorrow night at Enterprise Center. John Kelly, who you just heard there, the TV voice of the Blues on Valley Sports Midwest, joins us. Uh, J.K. Hope Christmas was great. Good morning. How are you doing?
6: Yeah, doing great. Hopefully you guys had a good Christmas as well. Uh, Happy holidays, everyone.
3: Yeah, same to you. And I want to start with this. We'll start after the game because if people go to uh, the Blues website, stlblues.com, they can see the late shift with yourself and Darren Pang. And Boy, was that fun. You guys had a great time, and it was a fun watch, and I could tell, J.K., that you had a great time
6: yeah it's fun to you know to see Darren again, and you know obviously I had seen him in Chicago a couple of weeks earlier, but uh, you know, to be on the air with him with Andy Strickland and uh, telling stories and stuff like that. um obviously, the fans gave him a great reception when they played that welcome back video during the game, and you know so well deserved so. Always great to see my little guy with gumption, guys. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it is there always it is. great to see him. Well, JK, we have to talk about the miracle on Clark Street. What in the world happened? Because there's so many different things that happened in that game. But what in the world happened and shifted when the Blues went into that third period?
6: Well, you know, they go down by three, right? They give up the shorthanded goal, and um, then the power play. I mean, it's the it's the story of the year, really, the power play and how it sort of sputtered along, but for whatever reason, since the coaching changed, they, they've come to life and they got the two power play goals. And, you know, I, I really think the first one um, was, was the key one to get them sort of going. And then, you know, Kairu ties the game and then, you know, Falk's goal w- was a bad goal. I mean, it's a, it's a wrist shot from the wall on the right side and the goaltender had to go off his blocker. But, um, you know, by then he, the, the goaltender was under siege and, um, you know, Soderblum might have been tired. I don't know. But, you know, not to take anything away from the Blues, um, it was a great comeback. And it's not often in hockey that you come back to win when down by three goals uh, the way the Blues did. So uh, you guys calling it Christmas on Clark Street, Clark Street rather, it um, it certainly was a bit of a miracle to come back like that. It was really fun.
3: J.K., what are your impressions after seeing Bedard a couple of times? <laughs>
6: He is a he is an incredibly smart hockey player, um, highly competitive, and he's got an unbelievable shot. And you know when he scored that Michigan goal the other night, it was truly one of the most amazing goals that I've seen live in my in my you know career watching hockey, and it, it was special. I mean, it takes a special talent to even try that, let alone to pull it off. Um, I, I think though with his shot that he is going to be one of those guys that is going to be a perennial. You know, I don't know. Obviously, it depends on on his supporting cast. Right now, they don't have much around him. Um, But certainly, he'll be a 35, 40, maybe 50-goal scorer every single year in the NHL. That's how good he is and that's how good a shot he has.
2: Well,
0: does that help with renewing the rivalry between the Blues and the Blackhawks? Will it help? Yes.
6: Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, it's always going to be a great rivalry, right, Brooke? I mean, regardless of where the teams are in the standings, just like the Cubs and Cardinals. But I, I do think that the rivalries are enhanced and made better when number one, both teams are, are good and competitive and number two, when you meet in the playoffs, so that's when it really ramps up to, to a really hot level. So, um, you know, right now the Blackhawks, as we know, are in a complete rebuild. And it it's going to take a couple of years for them to, to be competitive. And, you know, hopefully for blues fans, more than a couple of years, we don't really <laughs> care quite honestly. Um, But, you know, it's always going to be a fun rivalry. And, and, you know, the Blues are now uh, 2-1 on the season against them. Um, But it's always, you know, when that jersey comes to town and that team comes to town, it's always fun to go to the games and – especially to beat the Hawks, especially the way the Blues did the other night.
0: Yeah, it kind of revitalizes it. Well, I want to ask you about Robert Thomas, another multi-point game for him. And he's on pace now for over 90 points this season. He's really emerged as the Blues' number 1 center and has grown into that role with the exit of Ryan O'Reilly. What have you seen from Robert this season?
6: You know, I think the biggest thing, aside from the obvious, which are the points, and he's one of the top point producers that even strengthened the NHL this year, by the way, Um, He's now in the top 25 and scoring in the entire NHL. But I think that the biggest thing is that I've seen consistency and, you know, he, he hasn't had his down games. Haven't been terrible games uh, and he's producing almost every night. So, you know, that's the sign of a really top player. Um, Obviously you can't produce two, three points every single night unless you're Wayne Gretzky, right? It's just too hard a league. So, um, You know, he's playing against the toughest matchups and the the top D pairs and things like that, especially on the road, yet he's continuing to produce. And that's the sign where you're emerging as a top player. So I I think the fact that he's been consistently really strong every night is – is the biggest part of his growth that I've seen this season.
3: John, it's interesting that you use, use that word consistently because that was what I was going to ask you about. You've said before over the course of the last couple of years that this edition of the Blues have been the most inconsistent you'd ever seen. Is five games enough to allow you to figure out what this team is under uh, Alex, uh, under the new coach Drew Bannister? Uh,
6: quite honestly, Randy, I think I need to see more. and Not that I'm being critical of what Bannister has done, or the team is done. But I I think five games is, is not really quite enough of a snapshot. Uh, I think 10 games might be more of a, of a fair evaluation. Um, But so far so good. I mean, they've won four or five under, under Bannister and except for the Tampa game, Tampa Bay game, rather they played really hard and played really well. So um, they need to eliminate uh, games like that. But, you know, Tampa's a good team and the blues came out and had a bad start and, you know, had too many penalties and things like that. But uh, so far, so good. You know, if you can win four or five the rest of the way, you're a playoff team, right? It's pretty obvious. Um, they'll take that. Now, having said that, the schedule is going to get a lot tougher here. I mean, just like what the Blues have this week. Um, you know, coming up uh, Dallas and and then Colorado, then into Pittsburgh, and, and, and then you go into the new year. So uh, Vancouver's here next week. So it's going to get a lot tougher. Uh, but having said that, I, I like the energy the Blues have played with overall and uh, you know, we mentioned the power play. That's been better. Um, I just think their overall game has been sharper except for that one outlier that against Tampa Bay. John Kelly, it's
3: always good to hear your voice. Thanks so much. Glad that you and the family had a good Christmas. Have a great week, and We will talk to you in 2024.
6: Okay, great. Happy New Year. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank
3: you, sir. That is John Kelly, TV Voice of the Blues here on 101 ESPN. And yeah, it's amazing that we're gonna the next time we talk to JK, it's gonna be twenty twenty four.
0: Oh, that's that feels weird. Isn't that weird? It feels really yeah. weird. This year, I, you know, I remember when I was turning eighteen and everybody, all the adults always tell every eighteen year old, it's all gonna fly by. Mm-hmm. It's gonna move really quickly. It really has. It does. And now, the older I get, the years just go by faster and faster and faster. Yeah,
3: it's amazing. It really is. And it'll even go faster for you, bro.
0: No. Yeah, it will.
3: Uh, coming up, we've got the fight for you here on One ESPN. Matthew, do you have a fight or do you need one? We need a fighter. All right. This is good. So here we are on December 26th. I know a lot of people aren't working today. Probably not a lot of traffic out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll give you traffic. There's nobody data. in this building right now. There is not. So this might be a special time for you to be able to get in on the fight. All you need to do is text in your name and the word fight to 314 399 9646 314 Yo-ho! And maybe you will fight me next on 101 ESPN.
1: You are Back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN,
2: presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Listener, and in the blue corner,
4: the undisputed king of morning drive. Please welcome Red.
0: Fight. This is the opening drive. Grimsley here alongside Matthew Rocchio, and it is time for Randy to take on a listener in the fight. We're welcoming in David. David, how are you doing today?
6: Doing well. How about you guys?
0: Good. Did you have a good Christmas? Yeah. Yeah, kids pretty good were, Christmas. Uh,
6: kids got plenty of stuff.
0: Oh, that's nice. Well, maybe you'll get a gift yourself today by possibly beating Randy in the fight. Are you ready for that, David? Yes, I am. All right, we'll get started with question number one. In the upcoming Winter Classic, the Kraken and Golden Knights will face off, and that means four former Stanley Cup-winning Blues in action. Which of those four players scored the most points for the Blues in that 2018-19 campaign with 41? Is it Jayden Schwartz, Vince Dunn, or Alex Petrangelo? Uh, I feel
6: like it'd be
5: shorty. Final answer.
6: Yeah, final answer.
5: All right. Which uh, other than uh, Connor Bedard against the Blues, which other young NHL star star also scored a lacrosse style Michigan goal on Saturday night? Was that Alex DeBrinkit, Cole Caulfield, or Trevor Zegers? I'm Trevor
6: Zegers.
5: Sorry, did you? Uh, sorry, uh, you cut out there. What was the answer? What'd you say? Forever. Uh, Got it.
0: Which AFC squad will Bill Cower, was Bill Cowher? Was Bill Cowher? Excuse me. Let me start that over again. Which AFC squad? squad was Bill Cowher, the defensive coordinator for, prior to getting hired by the Steelers as the head coach, was it the Kansas City Chiefs, the Cleveland Browns, or the New York Jets?
5: I
6: think it was the Browns.
5: And happy birthday to the Wizard Ozzie Smith. At which Southern California college did Smith play before being drafted by the Tigers and then the Padres? Was that UC Irvine Pepperdine or Cal Poly San Luis Obispo? Let's
6: go with UC Irvine.
5: Alright, we will double check our score. We will bring in Randy Carricker.
0: Alright, David, how are you feeling?
6: Uh, not too well.
0: No, not too well. Was there anything in particular you were looking for?
6: Uh, more baseball.
0: More baseball. More baseball, yeah. Rock. It's the off-season. <laughs> he said it's the off-season. It's and never the
6: off-season in Cardinal Country.
0: He said it's never the off-season <laughs> whatsoever. Randy, go in there. Say hi to David.
3: David, first of all, I'm flabbergasted that there's absolutely nobody, nobody in our building. It's amazing. Just, I was running, I was running up and down the hall.
0: Wait, so there's actually like nobody, nobody. else on air today?
3: No, nobody. So that's they've all got automation stuff. We should do automation too. Wow. Anyway, hi David, how are you? Good. I'm you, yeah, one, Randy. Doing well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. We do appreciate it.
0: All right, Randy, you ready to take on David in the fight? I think so. I'm ready. Question number one. In the upcoming Winter Classic, the Kraken and Golden Knights will face off, and that means four former Stanley Cup-winning Blues in action. Which of those four players scored the most points for the Blues in that 2018-19 campaign with 41?
3: Okay, so uh, Kraken and Vegas. So you've got Petro, you've got Schwartzy, you've got Dunner, and you've got Barbashev. Those are the four, Correct correct, correct. I, 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 okay. I don't
0: know if I'm allowed to go to any, I will go the, with this hex line gets mad if I give you like okay. any indication <laughs> I, of yes or no I will go
3: with Jaden Schwartz with his 11 goals and I think you end up with more points than Dunn or Petro or Barbie I'm gonna go with Schwartzy uh, other than Connor Bedard
5: which other young NHL star also scored a lacrosse-style Michigan goal on Saturday night?
3: I believe, sir, that was Trevor Zegrist. He was a good player in and of himself. I wish we had him, too. We being the Blues. <laughs> the Ducks also oh. wish they had him for the whole season. So yeah, Just true. the last, like, ten uh, games. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, Yeah. Anyways. He's impressive. (laughs) He is. Which AFC squad was Bill Coward the defensive coordinator for prior to getting hired by the Steelers as the head coach?
3: That would have been your Kansas City Chiefs under Marty Schottenheimer. And, Randy, you mentioned earlier,
5: happy birthday to the Wizard, Ozzie Smith, born on December 26th. And at which Southern California College did Smith play before being drafted by the Tigers and then the Padres? Osborne
3: Earl Smith attended... <laughs>
5: Osborne Earl Smith. That's
3: his name. I always, when, I, 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 not always. I call him Os. Or, but many times I'll say Osborne Earl because uh, that's his name. Uh, he attended Cal San Luis Obispo. Cal San Luis Obispo. Hmm. And then he was drafted and into the Padres organization. He played in Walla Walla, Washington at, for A-ball. Walla Walla, Washington. Did you know there was a Walla Walla, Washington? There's it's a town, a real well, town. There you go.
2: It's
5: so that insane like a fun that town. you say that because I literally mentioned Walla Walla, Washington in a tweet yesterday.
0: Oh, did you? Did you? Because oh, I,
5: really? I randomly mentioned that my, one of my, uh, my fa- uh, NFL fact I cannot get out of my head is that the Washington Redskins fullback Mike Sellers was an undrafted player from Walla Walla Community College. Oh, how about that? I will never forget that fact. It's been stuck in there since like 07, and it will be stuck in there forever. I had no idea Ozzie Smith went, <laughs> went there to play college after yeah. uh, his days in Southern California. Yep. Different climate, I'm
0: guessing. Oh, it's beautiful there. Yeah, oh, and well, also so on. Visit WallaWalla.org. It says, plan your trip to Walla Walla, where wine culture and the beauty of the outdoors meet. I
5: wonder if they still have their A-ball team. I don't know. i have to look into that. Well, we'll have to look into a victor in this fight. Was it David coming in after the long holiday and taking down Megamind, or does Megamind walk off with another gift-wrapped little W today? Ring
1: that bell! The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carriker.
0: Sorry. Just win, baby.
5: My apologies on the delay of the airhorns. Randy Carricker wins this fight three to one today, David. I'm sorry.
6: Alright, that's fine. Thank you guys. Thank you. No Rob. Thank you for joining it. the Thank show you, and joining
5: the fight. Let's go through those questions. The upcoming winter classic it's the Kraken and the Golden Knights, and Randy correctly named those four, Petran- Alex Petrangelo, Vince Dunn, Jaden Schwartz, and Ivan Barbashev. And the leading scorer of those four on that Blues team was actually Alex Petrangelo with 41. Jaden Schwartz had 11 goals and 25 assists, put him at 36, just behind. And uh, Vince Dunn completely forgot a 35-point mm. season for the Blues that year, just behind Jaden Schwartz. Uh, which other NHL star also scored a lacrosse-style Michigan goal on Saturday night? It was, in fact, Trevor Zegras, who put in, uh, I think it was just the second goal of the season because he's been hurt Mm -hmm. pretty much for the the entire season until the last 10 games. Which AFC squad was Bill Cowher, the dc for prior to getting hired by the Steelers as the head coach. What I have to imagine was the gruffest locker room of all time, Marty Schottenheimer at the head and then Bill Mm Cowher as his defensive coordinator. You were getting a lot of little piddly stuff away through that that coaching staff (laughs) where you didn't think so. And happy birthday to the Wizard. Happy 69th birthday to the Wizard, Ozzie Smith. And he did, in fact, play at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo before heading on to Walla Walla and then a very, very successful Major League Baseball career. He's
0: 69. He's sixty. Wow, he I mean, he is so young in the way that he just oh. acts. Like he gets around golfs obviously mm-hmm. all the time, but he is just such a great person and I feel like he moves around so easily. Not that everything goes downhill, but I'm just saying like I would have pegged him so much younger than that.
3: You could put him on the field for major league teams this season in mm-hmm. at the age of 69 in 2024 and he would be At worst, middle of the pack defensively.
0: Really, you think so?
3: Yeah. Wow. He's he's amazing. I mean, you go to he moves
0: around better than me, and I mean, I I even look at him and I'm just like, you move around better than me. I need to work on my mobility at my age. He's incredible. He's (laughs) he's
3: great, and he does. He works out and he plays a lot of golf, and uh, he's another gem of our community. Mm -hmm. All right, thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. Coming up here on 101 ESPN, what does the recent blues run show us about these players? That's coming your way on 101 ESPN.
4: didn't go our way early but we were playing good hockey um, and we were playing our game and eventually it started to start to work with us and the guys stuck with it you know they, they stuck with it you got to give that group in there a lot of credit like like I said the easiest thing to do is just you know finish out the game and you know pack up your bags and go home for Christmas for three days and rally and try and have a better effort the next night. But they found a way. They dug in um, and they deserve a lot of credit for that.
3: That's Blues head coach Drew Bannister. And yes, the Blues have packed it in a few times this year. They lost earlier 6-2 to Arizona. They lost 5-0 in a game played at Vancouver earlier in the season. Uh, You move into November and look at some of the the bad losses. They didn't play well in a home game against Winnipeg where they lost 5-2. Uh, to they, they had a 5-1 loss at San Jose, another abysmal 5-1 loss at LA. So there were games where the Blues under Craig Berube did pack it in a 8-3 loss the day after Thanksgiving to Nashville. That, that one is one that kind of sticks in the craw a little bit. Yeah. And one of the questions I have, Brooke, is I- I'm wondering what this recent run, 4-1 and one under Drew Bannister, shows us. Is, that, is it that the players who, and I think more than not, were not playing hard, does it show a lack of professionalism on their part that they got a coach fired? Or is this just the natural chain of events in the National Hockey League and that they were unmotivatable because their manager... Craig, the the people who person who was in charge of motivating them, Craig Bruby, wasn't doing a a a good enough job. I would tend to think, based on what we see of Craig Bruby, and we don't see what happens behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. I would think that there was a lack of professionalism on the part of the players, and they needed that wake up call to really understand what was necessary. And John Kelly told us he wants to see 10 games. He wants to see a 10-game sample size before the, this five-game sample size because they could fall into the exact same malaise that they were in before Barubi got fired.
0: Exactly. And I think that... This is the same group, right? It's just a different messenger. And I don't think the message from Drew Bannister is that different from Craig Bruby, from at least what I've been able to listen to with what the comments that he's made. He's talked about accountability. Craig Bruby, Randy, you've been around him and I've been around him. That's what you think of with Craig Bruby is that he holds players accountable. Now, do they have different ways of maybe doing it? Just slightly different. It seems like Drew Bannister holds players more accountable when it comes to ice time. Craig Berube, it would either be he's going to pull you and put you in the press box, or he's going to move you down the line, demote you, possibly. And that also affects your ice time as well, too. But it seems like there's just slightly different variations in the message. But for whatever reason, I think this is just sadly the way that it goes in the NHL. We've been talking about this, and I've been saying this for the past few weeks, ever since the Craig Berube firing, is that it seems like the NHL is like college football, where it's just like they keep recycling and going through coaches mm-hmm. a coach will stay there for maybe five years four to five years and then okay your message is getting stale try time to move on and then they'll go have su- uh, success elsewhere it just seems like this is the cycle that you go through the nhl is that it works for a little bit and then you move on for them
3: you are so right about that and if we just look at a guy like peter Laviolette, who yes you know well right uh-huh. and yeah. i think he might be on his sixth- and he did
0: well with the nashville predators when he came yeah.
3: in and he's done Actually, well, wherever he's been. I think he's on his sixth team. And six years with Nashville, 248 and 143, and a finals appearance, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Goes to Carolina, 167 and 122, five years there. Five years in Philly, 145 and 98. Three years in Washington, 115 and 78. Two years with the Islanders, 77 and 62. And now with the Rangers, where he's having a great deal of success. So, That's just one example. His sixth stop. Baruby's next stop will be his third. Ken Hitchcock was here. He was in Columbus. He was in Philadelphia. He was in Dallas. You're right. It, It is a rite of passage in the NHL. But you'd wish, I would wish, that we talk about accountability, that the players would be accountable and not cause coaches to get fired. And we can use the word accountable, but to me it's professional. I come in and I I work hard every single day. I think it's part of being an employee, Mm -hmm. coming in and working hard every day. Some people don't understand that concept, clearly, but I, I wish it were different. I guess it's not going to be, but I wish it were.
0: No, and maybe that's just something that is in the back of the players' minds, right? Because if you mm-hmm. look at the rest of the league, we talked about it, is that there's not many coaches who keep their jobs for that long in the NHL. All the players are aware of that. Mm-hmm. They just know, okay, well, if something's not working, I don't like this, I don't like this coaching style, I don't like the system, then we're just going to get a new one anyways. It doesn't really matter that much. And maybe the way that they're playing right now, this is you know a new voice coming in, but I still believe the message is in the same. Name. Even if you go say that Drew Bannister isn't going to be their head coach mm-hmm. and they decide to go moving forward, you're going to be searching for a coach that is like Craig Berube, mm-hmm. right? Right. I mean, you're just going to be finding a different version of yeah. him, essentially.
3: And I guess we should point out that the group that won the Stanley Cup exhibited the exact same lack of professionalism, a they veteran did. group in yes. getting Mike Yo fired yes. and didn't play hard for him. Did you notice, by the way, I put it on uh, on the book and, and the Insta yesterday, that the next blues coach, you have to choose one, is going to be either gray or white-haired. Did you know that? <laughs> so we've gone from gray-white-haired uh, Andy Murray okay. to bald Davis Payne uh-huh. to white-haired uh, Ken Hitchcock mm-hmm. to bald Mike Yo yeah. to gray-haired Craig Berube to bald Drew Bannister Next. Oh,
0: I see what you're saying there. Next up,
3: we've got a, a gray or white haired coach on the way. <laughs> Seems to me the hair's doing a little bit better. Oh yeah. Hitch and and Berube, yeah. <laughs> I, I would comparatively. Say. Yeah. Yeah. Davis Payne, yo, and but maybe Drew Bannister will stop the losing streak for the bald guys.
0: Yeah, maybe maybe that will be the change here. You, you never know, but that is a great observation, Randy.
3: Yeah, it's it's one or the other. And those are all of Army's coaches, by the way. Army fired Andy Murray, mm-hmm. and then Payne, Hitch, Yo, Bruby, and, and Bannister. So Army's next guy, and Drew Bannister is still in interim, mm-hmm. count on him being either gray-haired or white-haired.
0: And I do I do agree with J.K. that we need to see some more games of what yeah. exactly this Blues team is. But say that Drew Bannister does get hired, I think that you look back at the game this past weekend and say that that was a moment that you're like, okay, this is why he got hired. Because yeah. the Blues were able to come back from a three-goal deficit in that game.
3: And he might have had the best thing that ever happened to him be completely out of his control. Mm-hmm. And that's Jordan Kyrou saying, he's not my coach. Yeah. Right. Because Mm -hmm. I I don't know that Drew Bannister would have been able to hold Jordan Cairo as accountable as the fans did.
0: No. Well, and also the way that he handled the Pavel Buchnevich situation, Mm -hmm. that's something that could have gone sideways. Because if you remember, we were talking to Bernie about it last week. Bernie was like, that could go one of two ways, Mm -hmm. which is very true. But the way that Buchnevich responded is the best case scenario for Bannister.
3: Yeah, and the Blues 4-1 since Bannister took over. They play the Stars tomorrow at Enterprise Center. That's a 6 o'clock pregame, 7 o'clock faceoff here on 101 ESPN. And then the Avalanche are in town on Friday night. Is that right? The 29th of Friday? Yeah, that's uh, right up against the Mizzou game. Lovely. Uh, pregame at 6, action <laughs> at lovely. 7. Here on uh, 101 ESPN. Coming up. Our Rush Hour Reset we will look back at the weekend with the Blues and last night a rugged go for the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, Brock Purdy, as part of your Rush Hour Reset next on 101 ESPN.
2: You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
1: We're recapping the biggest sports stories of the day on the Opening Drive with a Rush Hour Reset.
5: Listen, they, they played a better game than what we did today, in particular our offense. We, we struggle. That's my responsibility to make sure I'm putting the guys in the right position to make plays. And uh, it didn't, didn't happen the way that I wanted it to. So, again, we're on a short week here. Uh, so we're going to get everybody back in, uh, give them a day off, and get everybody back in and get ready for uh, Cincinnati. But I take full responsibility for that.
3: That's Chiefs head coach Andy Reed, who just admitted that he sucks as a head coach.
0: <laughs> oh, is that is that what's yeah, going on? It's all on his there? fault. All
3: his fault. Oh, okay. It's not the fact that they have one target for Patrick Mahomes who oh. gets You know, one of the things that happens in football. I don't know if you're aware of this, Brooke. Okay. One of the things that happens is like the other team. Which also is trying to win, will Mm. watch tape of your team during the week leading up to your game.
5: What?
4: They will.
3: And then, like, they'll notice that that you have, if you only have one player that can catch the ball, like the Raiders may have noticed that Travis Kelsey is the only guy on the Chiefs that can consistently catch the football. No way. And then, yeah, and then they make a player be around him so that he can't catch the ball as easily. Uh, I don't know that that goes to the coaching of Andy Reid. I think the Raiders may have had something to do with it and the mm-hmm. lack. And I think we underestimate. We we see DeMarcus Robinson doing good things. You know, he was with the Chiefs. He's doing good things with the Rams. He was actually okay last year with the Ravens. Uh, and you see Juju Smith-Schuster's success last year. He hasn't mm-hmm. been, hadn't been... but No receiver's good with New England because their coach is inept. Uh, but offensively and defensively and in terms of getting players... Uh, but I don't think that this is an Andy Reid thing as much as it is a personnel thing with the Chiefs right now, and I don't know if they're going to be able to fix this. The other big part of it is that Patrick Mahomes is under siege because, again, they Mm -hmm. lost a really good player in their left tackle, Orlando Brown, and free agency and the salary cap happen, and paying your quarterback half a billion dollars or more happens and causes you to lose your left tackle. Well, it's almost a definite, that if you lose a good left tackle and don't replace him effectively, your quarterback isn't going to be as good?
0: No, not not whatsoever. And I mean, every single... Part of this offense is just not clicking or working. Mm. And that's what's so painful to watch. Even they try to get, you know, cute, do some, you know, different magical plays that we've seen the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid be able to pull off in recent years. But that magic has gone away. Yeah, Randy. It looks like they use all the magic in their bag, essentially, and there's nothing left for them. Even their run game, their run game is inconsistent. We mentioned earlier Pacheco, he was knocked out of the game. And Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, has a little bit of a spark, but he just hasn't exactly. Exactly emerge and Rasheed Rice is about the only consistent receiver they just don't yeah. have any juice on the outside right now No, they really Rasheed don't. Rice is about the only good thing they have going but he is just a rookie and that is a lot of pressure for him to be able to step up in that situation and Travis Kelsey this has been a down year for him and I know a lot of people already saw people texting mm-hmm. in it's the Taylor curse all mm-hmm. that different kind of stuff I mean, there's not much for him to do in these situations. Even when he does try to get open, there's not much he can do because Patrick Mahomes, as you mentioned, is constantly under siege.
3: Can you name, and Taylor just turned 34, right? On December 13th, um, Taylor Swift? She,
0: around, around that, and, and yes. And she started
3: her career when she was 14.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Can you name one scenario in which Taylor Swift has been associated where she didn't win?
0: Mm, no. I no. can't think of one. Every
3: every single thing. Even the, the Kanye thing. She wound up winning.
0: Yeah. Well, and that was very devastating for her for a little it bit. Was. But then she came back. Yeah. And then even the whole Scooter Braun situation where he sold mm-hmm. her, what was it? Discov- How do you say Her, that?
3: her catalog. Her oh, her catalog. catalog. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's just re-recording everything. Exactly. She's winning. She is. She is not, she's never been associated with losing. I don't know why anybody would associate her with losing. Mm-mm. But maybe they just aren't paying attention and they're looking for an excuse. Maybe they just aren't. Uh, yes, Matthew. I found one. I found oh, one. Oh, okay, okay. Sixty-six. It sure seems like the Chiefs players are too busy shooting commercials, dating oh.
5: average superstars, or eating barbecue to practice football. I have two things. One, can you be an average superstar?
3: No. Okay, Can thanks. you be an
0: average superstar? Uh, can, can I, can you, kind of ooh, more ooh, I have a yes. question, too. Yes, yes, yes. Rady, Does yes. anybody
3: remember Tom Brady? No, oh. I'm not sure who you're talking Tom. about. Tom. Hmm. Uh, yes, sounds familiar. to a supermodel Giselle Bundchen and did a ton of commercials. Oh. And uh, won four Super Bowls after he was married to her. Huh. I,
0: okay, here's a, here's another follow-up. A foreign,
5: a foreign star, by the way. Not an all-American yeah. like a Taylor Swift. I oh, by the way, if I'm out. not
3: mistaken, I think you might have had Peyton Manning do a commercial or two while he was
0: playing. No. Yeah. Peyton Manning? Mm-hmm. I never saw him in <laughs> any commercials. What are you talking about? Tom
5: might have gone through like an ugly divorce with a baby mama while he was winning Super mm-hmm. Bowls the first couple times. Oh, just he was, he just want to point that out that that was <laughs> happening as, you know, rings on. I, and
0: I think there is some clear examples in history. You know, if we're, if we're playing devil's advocate here, there has been some clear examples in history, in NFL history, where maybe some offseason stuff was a distraction but those were more illegal things having a partner outside of the game is not going to be enough and if you were that easily distracted you know where that is throwing you off this much then i don't even know how you made it to the nfl in the first place now when illegal activity happens then that's a whole different story Mm -hmm. where of course that's a distraction for the player the team all the different kind of stuff but this is a little bit of a different situation here
3: you know what Uh, let me throw this out there okay Tiger Woods was pretty good while he was dating 10 porn stars.
0: Oh! <laughs> was he not? Some might say it was the best he ever was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Yeah! What uh, saying. Man, what a time that was, huh?
3: Oh, man, that was so fun. I thought What's it was the it? knee that he had to overcome. Uh, <laughs> no, there was, a, there was a lot of other things at play
0: there. That, that Tiger Woods oh, documentary that he does not want yeah. any part of that was on yeah. HBO Max. That did you ever great. watch that? Yeah, I
3: did. Twice.
0: I had no idea. I knew about everything, but it really just spelled it all out in that documentary. By the
3: way, now that you're getting into golf, would you assume that on that Thanksgiving night that Elon was using a 9-iron? I always figured (laughs) 9-iron to the window of the Escalade.
0: Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. Yes, it was the most effective for that. Yeah. 7-iron? I feel like I'd have, honestly, you know what I'm... I feel like I have a the most control
5: putter. over a heavy putter because yeah. oh. you know that you know the head's going to carry the weight. So when you fling oh. it, you know how that thing's going to go. A seven iron, it's got the angle. Like you don't know how the iron's going to break.
3: Here's the other thing: a putter is much more likely to be stored in an umbrella holder than an iron is. That's a great oh, thought. That is. Uh, last night, San Francisco, the Baltimore Ravens in town, scoreless game. We we're eleven forty-seven left in the first quarter. The Niners have the ball first and ten at the Baltimore fifteen yard line, but it wasn't Purdy.
4: Inside the twenty, Purdy and zone is picked, intercepted by Hamilton.
3: Should have been at least a field goal for the Niners. Instead, they turned it over. That was the first of a career high four interceptions by Brock Purdy. Baltimore wins it over San Francisco, thirty-three to nineteen. The Ravens can wrap up home field throughout the playoffs with a win over Miami on Sunday. Meanwhile, the Niners still control their destiny if they win their last two, which they should be able to do. They play the Cardinals and the Rams in their last two Rams at home, and they don't lose to the Rams. Uh, The Niners should be able to wrap up home field in the NFC. And I still think, Brooke, that that was a Super Bowl preview.
0: I, I think so, too. And I hope that it's more of a learning lesson too for Brock Purdy and company because he was due for a game like this. You don't want to see that happen to him. But at the same time, it felt like this was needed and that it was a gonna it's going to come eventually, right? Randy? Mm-hmm. It's going to yeah. happen eventually. It's better that it happens now rather than in the playoffs.
3: Absolutely. No doubt about it. And uh, your blues in action tomorrow against the Stars. And you'll hear that one here on 101 ESPN. Oh, we've got bowl action for you tonight, too. We have the Guaranteed Rate Bowl here on 101 ESPN. Looking forward to that. It's a a day of three games. It's uh, the most wonderful time of the year. And we've got three games today. One of them is in Detroit. Uh, You've got, hold on, let me find it here. I've got the wrong sport. I got the guaranteed rate bowl if you want it. Oh let's let's do
5: it, yeah. Kansas Jayhawks facing off against the UNLV Rebels in Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, that's
3: a good one. That's a a Chase Field. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, guaranteed
0: rate bowl. Yeah. uh, What what is their swag bag like, I wonder? Oh,
3: it's it's a loan with a great rate. You think, that's right? what, you think that's what yeah. they get?
0: Hey, I don't mind that. I always, I, I, love to know which each one of these bowl games, like what they gift the players.
3: Usually there's a good story on that. I don't know if they have it yet this year, but there's a good story about the, the swag bags.
0: Yeah, usually there is. I remember there was the Belk Bowl that yeah, Arkansas went to. And always. then while I was covering one of the players, which you guys can go look it up, one of the players ended up stealing extra stuff from oh, Belk on that, top yeah. of the Belk I don't think it, they really, received.
5: I don't think it was for Cotton Bowl. I think it was just Mizzou giving, gifting their players like some Christmas presents. Maybe it was just the Cotton Bowl swag. But either way, my favorite part was Mizzou put out a video of them giving yeah. all these players these swag. And the best part of the video, highlight, hands down, Luther Burden, pulls out the Nike slides and goes, oh my god, these are amazing, I'm going to put these on right now. And then the, the video zooms out and you see him slipping off his Gucci slides oh to god. put on the Nike slides hey. that he's so excited about.
0: Hey, he can do that. He can do that.
5: Also, we got we got a text here. Thanks a lot, Randy. My kid just asked me what a porn star is. We're starting conversations in the family household, Randy, and that's what Forcefully. a good morning show does. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it was going to happen anyway. Better than here than at school.
0: And the day after Christmas, no less. You're, already, you're already all together at home. That's where you start, yes, these, yes, exactly. where you start these hard conversations. we conversations. I said a
3: corn star. Oh. Somebody who grew up in the fields of Iowa or Illinois yeah. or Missouri. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: There yeah. you go. Corn. Come on. Where's your head this morning?
0: Oh, man. Especially after Christmas. Come on. Jerry
3: Callow.
0: (laughs) Not Gallo.
3: Callow with a C. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Ah.
3: Oh, man. (laughs) No. Oh, and uh, so here's today's bowl games for you. Okay. And this is on ESPN television. Uh, The Bowling Green Minnesota game is the Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit at 1 o'clock. You want to play that game during the day. Uh, It's at Ford Field in Detroit. You want to play night games, and uh, it's kind of like playing <laughs> night games in downtown St. San- Louis. <laughs> <I'm
0: afraid laughs>
3: uh, Texas State and Rice will meet at. Uh- the Serve Pro first responder bowl in Dallas, Texas. By the way, Kurt Warner's son EJ, this is interesting, transferring from Temple to Rice. Oh. From the Temple Owls to the Rice Owls.
0: Oh. So he's going
3: to play quarterback at Rice next year. Nice. And then Kansas and UNLV later on in the guaranteed rate bowl right here on 101 ESPN at Chase Field in Phoenix. That's where I wish I was. I was I would like like to be in that locale mm.
0: tonight. Really?
3: Well, Why is that? It, Okay, I said Detroit, Dallas, Phoenix. That's mm-hmm. nice weather.
0: I don't see a difference between any of those, Randy. One, One of these, of these, these things, things is not <laughs> like the other. What, what are you saying? There's a difference there? <laughs> I'll jinx you your Coke.
3: Yep. Uh, so there you have it. That's today's Rush Hour Reset here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, the Chiefs are another example of a team that can have great coaching. But if you don't have the ponies, it's hard to win the race. That's next on 101 ESPN. <laughs>
2: Back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Look at this! Ball's on the ground.
4: Ball's on the ground. Picked up by the Raiders. They have a touchdown with Nichols.
1: Home throws and he's
4: picked off. And this one's going back for a touchdown. Two steps, two defensive touchdowns.
3: It's Jim Nance yesterday on CBS as the Kansas City Chiefs fall to the Vegas Raiders 20-14. to 14. And I think we need to start there, Brooke, is that we, we look at the Chiefs' loss as a disaster. Their defense was brilliant. Those were the only two touchdowns that Vegas scored. Uh, offensively, the Raiders only had just over 200 yards of total offense. Uh, They were outgained 308 to 205 by the Chiefs, and the Chiefs did have an opportunity at the end, and I, I think both of us were convinced that Mahomes was going to come up with some magic at the end of the game. I, w- were you? I, I thought that they would yes. be able to.
0: I thought Well, because we've seen it before, right? It's not something that you're just making up in your imagination. We've seen the Chiefs, and specifically Patrick Mahomes, be able to pull out all these different tricks out of their magic bag, right? But it mm-hmm. seems like this season in particular that they have ran out of all of that little extra magic. I think of like, you know, Bell where they just sprinkle, you know, the magic. Uh-huh. That's That's gone, essentially, for the Chiefs this season. And I don't know what else that you can do in the situation they're in because the answers have to be within the organization. There's nothing else that you can do at this point. And where do you start with this? Because offensively, there's so many pieces that are just not working and clicking for the Chiefs this and, season. And
3: that's what they're known for. And yes, even Patrick Mahomes can't elevate these guys. And by the way, Matthew pointed out to me that Aiden O'Connell the Vegas quarterback didn't complete a pass in the second half. And we mentioned that they had 205 yards total offense. 61 of those were to close the game out at the end. So they had 144 yards of offense before their final drive. And the reason that I thought that the Chiefs would be able to come back is because of the way their defenses had played before. I thought they'd get a three and out and we'd have some Mahomes magic. But to me, there are multiple issues here. Number one. Your nominal starting receivers are Rasheed Rice, mm-hmm. who is a nice player, Justin Watson, who's a good guy. Uh, but this is this isn't about
0: this isn't about right? good guys, nice guys. No, you no. want to win.
3: That's exactly yeah. right. He he isn't Juju Smith Schuster exactly. or Tyreek, Tyreek Hill. Hill, and mm-hmm. and they they couldn't keep him around. Uh, Kadarius Tony was inactive yesterday. They didn't have him going. They don't use. Uh, 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 the the guy they got back from the Jets, Nicole Hardman. They don't use him anymore. Pacheco got hurt yesterday. But Mm -hmm. to me, their biggest issue is they're trying to play Donovan Smith at left tackle, and he was hurt yesterday. Yes. And they're trying to piece together an offensive line that isn't performing like it did in the past. Mm -hmm. And as they did after they lost the Super Bowl to the Buccaneers a few years ago, I think they need to rebuild the perimeter of that offensive line again.
0: They do. They really do. And that is a big issue because, as you mentioned there, the run game has been inconsistent. That's a big part of it. And you mentioned Isaiah Pacheco getting knocked out. But still, Hilaire has just shown just a little bit, but it feels like nothing can really get established. And you can just see that Patrick Mahomes is really under siege. And we've talked about he doesn't have the best receivers. They have like no juice on the outside. Mm-hmm. Rasheed Rice, that's a lot of pressure just to put on him. And then, of course, everybody knows who Travis Kelsey is. He is circled. He. Everybody knows who he is. He is going to get covered. He's going to get double covered for sure. And they just don't have anybody else that's really stepping up for them this season offensively. And for Patrick Mahomes, it's almost like Mahomes still is playing within a system that he's had in the past. Like Tyreek Hill is still there. He's looking for the big play downfield when that's not available. And Randy, I don't know if you've seen them this season. It hasn't been available really at all this season. So I don't know what he's looking for. There's times where especially we're seeing things really falling apart for the Chiefs where it's just like you have to protect yourself a little bit better and he's not doing that right now.
3: And this happened to the greatest show on turf. Teams start showing you that two-deep zone and you Mm -hmm. get greedy when you're a quarterback or a three-deep zone and you get greedy and you still try to take the big play when they're giving you the check down but you're still trying to hit the big play. But one of the problems they have is even when they're trying to hit the check down, Kadarius Toney can't catch it. Uh, Rice is great for that, but uh, again, you're... You're stuck with one guy and you're trying to get Kelsey into a situation where he can be open and there's no way because he's double covered all the time. By the way, their offensive line to start yesterday was Morris at left tackle, Humphrey, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, Morris at left tackle, Tooney was still at left guard, Humphrey at center, Smith at right guard, and then Juwan Taylor at right tackle. They just cannot play, I don't think, without... A premier left tackle, not with that offense. That's what the Rams needed when they had Orlando pace. Mm-hmm. And it just never was the same once Orlando got hurt, and he was never there. So, you can have great coaching, and I don't think their coaching is as good without Eric Bienemy. That's another I, point.
0: I was going to say is that, you know, I I know that it is about the players and executing and all the different kind of stuff, but I think that you also have to take into account bien and what he was able mm-hmm. to do. I don't know if Matt Nagy is that answer for what they do specifically. I know Andy Reid has a big hand in the play calling, of course, but still, I think there is a difference because even Kerry said when he was in here, and of course we miss him, but, you know, this is something that Kerry said a lot is that bien really paid attention to a Lot of those small details, and what have we seen this mm-hmm. season is those details are being missed by the Chiefs offensively.
3: And enemy has a, a, a little harshness to him, yes. where I think he could go to Mahomes, and they they could argue, but he could say, "Hey." You know what, that play thirty yards downfield isn't there for you. Mm-hmm. Throw the ball the between the is line of scrimmage working. and ten yeah. yards. Right. Take what they're giving you. And that that to me would be the biggest thing. And Mahomes, he really is not seeing the field well because no. he's under siege and he's rolling right and there's not an awful lot there. But when he does have time in the pocket, what he has to do is take what he is being given. And especially with the talents, the current talents of his wide receivers.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I they, agree. they just
3: aren't. They aren't playing as well. And I, I would not put it on Andy Reid. Certainly, don't put it on Spags. Their defense is special. Their defense no. is really good. But in terms of play calls, I, I think they're there. I just think they need to be better. And by the way, they haven't sky Moore Hasn't worked out. They, they haven't no. done. As, they haven't done as well in the draft as previously they had done they got Tyreek Hill in the third round they have not yeah. done well in terms of drafting wide receivers no or tackles
0: yeah or tackles the big thing is tackles and it's interesting you brought that up because just looking at the Eagles and I know the Eagles won yesterday but do you kind of see some correlation there between the Eagles and Chiefs this season where yes the Eagles did win 100% you got to give them credit for that against the Giants but did you watch that game Randy I against did. the Eagles and Giants yeah. The Eagles looked pretty shaky, and a lot of that had to do with defense. The defense is not there right now right. for the Eagles, and but offensively, there's still some big question marks for them. Were they a little shaky or wobbly?
3: And I kind of think, number one, I think their offensive line is fine, mm-hmm. but it looks like Jalen Hurts is trying to take things that aren't there yeah you know, and he's throwing picks he's he didn't throw picks before and it looks like he's just throwing into coverage that mm-hmm. he didn't throw into previously
0: exactly yeah I say the biggest difference though is defensively the Chiefs their defense is the reason they've been able to stay in games for the Eagles they still have some work to do defensively
3: yeah and they've got a ton of injuries defensively too mm-hmm. would it stun you it would me if these two teams had wind up back in the Super Bowl a lot of people picked a rematch I, I I don't foresee a rematch now.
0: I can't see it, especially with the way that the Chiefs just lost to the Raiders and the way that's gotten progressively worse. Did you see the emotions on the sidelines for the Chiefs? Yeah. And we've seen that. That's been a big talker. of This is the most emotional and angry that I think we've seen Patrick Mahomes in recent years. But you saw Patrick Mahomes going off on his O-line. Mm-hmm. You saw that, right? Yeah. And then you saw Travis Kelsey with his helmet, the way that he threw it down. And you could see even the frustration from Andy Reid on the sidelines. And then you had that camera shot, which, one, they have cameras everywhere. And I kind of feel bad for the players that they will catch you at every single moment where <laughs> Pacheco where he went and sat on the bench did you see that yeah and yeah. and then it broke and it, and they used it as like a metaphor for the chiefs just folding this season <laughs> yeah. and, which is a, a sad moment but great camera moment but still it, it's just that nothing is really working for them right now and you're seeing them, Fall apart, which is something that you just didn't expect from the Chiefs this late in the season, yep. especially. Did you
3: see any of the Nickelodeon broadcast? Yeah, uh-huh. with uh, Andy Reid's head on fire. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I'm sure that they would love to go back and see all that, right? <laughs> I, I
3: think so. Yeah. And what was the big? It, it's not UConn. It, it's not the. Uh, it's f- the, the. Are thing you talking from, about the sliming? No, not the sliming. The big white uh, monster. Oh, not, yeti? Hmm? Yeti? Yeah, the yeti. Yeah, yes, yes, snowman. Yes. Which yeah. one are we going for? Yeah, yeti. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, being in the goalposts and everything. Yeah, I think every game should be shown on Nickelodeon.
0: I like it. I honestly, like the
3: sliming, is fantastic. Yeah, that's Brooke. I'm Randy. Coming up, Connor Bedard scored his first goal against the Blues, and it was a butte. How daunting is the Blues' future in this division with Chicago also in the division? That's next on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN,
2: presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Yeah. Oh, the tied guy. to go in, and he picks it up and scores.
4: Bedard picks the puck up behind the net and tucks it in with a Michigan. We're tied 1-1, 16-11 to go in the first okay, period. Okay, you didn't play lacrosse growing up as a kid? Because you should have with that goal that you scored. Have you scored one like that before?
0: Uh, when well, I was pretty young, but um, I got a lot of attempts, so uh, it was good to kind of see one going.
4: Okay, so what part of it made you feel like you you had a good play here? Was the puck
0: rolling? Uh, no, uh, there's just no one there, and um, just thought it was a good play, and
3: uh, yeah, I kind of went for it. Connor Bedard with the amazing goal against the Blues, and that conversation with with Darren Pang. You buying it that uh, he really hadn't done it?
0: Uh, no, not really, but it's kind of hard to tell with him, because he's just so even-keeled, right? Mm-hmm. We were talking about this during the break of something about Canadians, and they really don't show much emotion. Yeah. It's just the same kind of deadpan, whether they're high or low. Us Americans are very expressive in the way that we talk, right? Mm-hmm. We, If you are angry, you're going to know it. If we're sad, you're going to know it, even by our expressions and the way that we speak. Canadians, I don't know what in the world. They don't give you anything, oh, really. No, no. no, it's all the same. Same level right. for everything like that. Yeah. For, for Connor Bedard it's really exciting to see him. Now, I don't like to see that moment because it happened against the Blues, but still, it's really rare that you see that. But it is weird that it happened the same night. Zegras, as you mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. also did it.
3: Yeah. Now, Connor Bedard leads the Hawks in goals with 13, leads him in assists with 17, obviously leads him in points with 30. He uh, is 11 points ahead of the next closest pursuer on the Hawks. He's going to be great for a long time. And having him in the division will be a snootful for the St. Louis Blues because he is a guy that can change a game by himself. We always worry about Nathan McKinnon mm-hmm. with Colorado. And in his prime, we kind of worried about Tyler Sagan with the the uh, with, with the Stars. Bedard is probably a superior talent that, to those guys. He He's more like Connor McDavid. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's not... Lemieux, He's not Gretzky. And, oh, by the way, Gretzky was interviewed by Andy Strickland on Saturday night after that goal and was asked if Gretz could have scored that goal back in his day.
4: And you see the Michigan goal. Your thoughts on the goal and your thoughts on him in person? Well, he's
6: been fun to watch. He's been better than we probably anticipated. He's been not only an ambassador on the ice, he's been tremendous off the ice for an 18-year-old young man. Um, I'm happy for him. He's got the right coach and Luke Richardson, uh, right organization. But I couldn't do what he did tonight. That just wasn't in my repertoire. I didn't have the right kind of curve. Holly could do it. I could never do what he did tonight. It was fun to watch. My daughter Emma's with me, and she goes, Dad, did you ever do that? I said, no, I could never do that. He's so
0: nice and so humble. Gretzky could do anything. He's the great one for a reason, but I really like how we were talking about this earlier, just how humble and nice he is, and he's such a champion of these young players, because he's also talked a lot about Jack Hughes. I don't know if you saw this uh, recently. Connor McDavid was asked about Jack Hughes in a comparison to Wayne Gretzky, Mm. and he kind of made this weird face as the reporter asked that. Well, it was Gretzky that actually mentioned that he sees some similarities in himself and Jack Hughes. Mm. So, Gretzky is so kind with the way that he really lifts up these young players instead of saying well back in my day I could have done you know what I mean which he could 100% do but with Connor Bedard it's really exciting to see what he's doing and I think the rivalry, when we talked to John Kelly about this, the rivalry's always been there with the Mm -hmm. Blackhawks and the Blues, of course. But I feel like having a young talent like that just really reinvigorates it.
3: But here's what we need to hope as Blues fans. Number one, they're going to have another good pick this year. Mm -hmm. We have to hope that they blow a pick and that in four years, they really haven't made much progress with Bedard on their team so -hmm. that they have to pay him and that precludes them from having multiple other superstars. Now, what you want is for them to kind of be like Edmonton. Edmonton has the two superstars, right? You've got McDavid and Dreisaitl, but they don't do anything. That's what we need the Hawks to become. And then the Blues, there's a, a method to the madness of Doug Armstrong. There is something to be said for not having multiple $11 million players, because you can pay everybody else. One of the reasons the Blues won in 2019 and would have won in 20 is because of their extraordinary depth, because their top players were only being paid $7.5 million. Mm-hmm. Now your top guys and the cap Cap is going to go up. Number one, you have to get the most out of your $8 million players. But at least you have your your top guys kind of capped. And unless the Blues can come up with somebody who's of a Bedard level, that's probably where they're going to be financially. And the Blues, with their system, the way it's set up, should be able to afford more players than the Hawks will be able to.
0: I I like what you did there, Randy, because we don't want them to be better than us, right? No, no, no. You don't want that to happen specifically.
3: I can handle Connor Bedard being better than any Blues player, Mm -hmm. but I don't want their team to be better than ours. One of the worst things that ever happened to St. Louis was Taves and Kane and Keith and Seabrook mm-hmm. and Crawford all working out for them? We don't need that to happen in Chicago again. And I know Gary Bettman wants it in the worst way. And I know that they're conspiring at the league offices. That's to what make I was going to say. Happen.
0: Is Randy the scenario that you just laid out? You know that they will not let that happen for Chicago.
3: They have once. Why would they not again? Because they want to avoid it.
0: And now they're trying to get them back on track after all of the stuff that yeah, the Blackhawks have yeah. been through.
3: They they want the Hawks to succeed. And one of the reasons that the Hawks won that draft lottery, if you look down that list of ten teams that could have won the lottery last year, mm-hmm. there was only one team that moves the needle for the NHL if yep. they're good. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Anaheim, it wasn't St. Louis. It, there was only it wasn't one. Columbus. It wasn't San Jose. <laughs> no, it was there was only one team that was going to have the the needle moved by Connor Bedard being there and he landed with that team coincidence i think not
0: i think not but if you think about it i guess in that sense how weird would it be to see connor bedard with one of those teams would we be talking about him no, as much
3: we wouldn't then that's the, the genius of the nhl's conspiracy I still we'd be don't talking like about it a lot about, We'd be talking a lot about it here.
0: Yeah, of course, of the conspiracy mm-hmm. of it, yep. or yes. But I wanted to well, ask it, you no, too. that We had oh, that we on got team, him. Yeah. Yes, but I'm saying if he went to one of those other teams, yeah. no,
3: it wouldn't we be wouldn't be talking about him. No,
0: no. Even if you look this weekend when I, if you just type in Blues and Blackhawks, you know what comes up? Not that the Blues won. Mm-hmm. You don't see a bunch of articles about that. You know what comes up, Randy? Connor Bedard, exactly. the Michigan goal. Yep. He's a superstar in the that, making right yeah. now. I want to ask you this real quick because we keep getting some texts in, one from the 618, about if that goal should have been should be banned because it's a lacrosse-style goal.
3: No, I think it's awesome. And it's a skill. Like Gretzky said, he couldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. So if Wayne Gretzky can't do it and somebody else can, no, shouldn't be banned at all.
0: Part of hockey. Yeah.
3: I like it. No, don't ban that.
0: I thought it was really cool. I Minus it happening to the Blues.
3: Yeah. That's Brooke. I'm Randy. Now I mentioned this phrase a lot. On the show, that there's got to be a stupidest guy in the world. We may have found him. Oh, no. Uh, That's next in rock and roll here on 101 ESPN. You're
2: back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
1: Let's rock. Let's rock today.
3: All right, it is time for Rock and Roll here on 101 ESPN. But before we get started with oh, Matthew, do you want to start this or, Brooke, do you want to start this? I will let you two discuss this uh, dumbest guy in the
5: world. Uh, I'll, just, I'll just open up the context. The uh, CBC guy. St. Louis is, uh, St. Louis is Jonathan Owens, uh, who went to CBC here, and then went to uh, Northwestern Missouri State before, he played, before graduating and playing for the Texans and now the Packers. He was on the pivot, which is Ryan Clark and Channing Crowder, two former NFL players podcast and uh, he talked about his relationship brooke do you want any other context before we hit the audio
0: nope just go ahead and play it all right here
5: was uh jonathan owens talking about him and simone biles uh how they met his, on and the that's pivot. his wife now that is his, his wife, wife simone yes. biles uh on the pivot with uh ryan clark and chan and Shane crowder
6: literally have been on that for a couple of days man and it's like she pops up and i'm like mm, let me see who this is gymnastics i ain't never you know i, I never really paid attention to gymnastics so <laughs> It, it, it piqued my curiosity, you know. So I'm like, okay, that's that's that's. I'll see what's up. And I come back and I get like I had some likes on my Instagram, you know. And I'm like,
2: <laughs> I'm like, oh, this might be. <laughs> I'm
6: like, okay. Then I come back to my phone and then she messages me on the app, like, hey, you know what I mean? And I'm, man, that's a man. This gotta be fake. Like I don't know. She messaged me. This is like a Tuesday. And we 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 texting back and forth, and then we hung out Friday, man. The rest is history, man. So I see She, flipped she shot her shot. She, she, shot. she did though. She did though. <laughs> because if she wouldn't have messaged me, chances what? Chances are like I probably wouldn't have. I mean, like I said, the rest is history, man.
5: Okay, so maybe not the best, but not 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 completely off the rails yet. And then Ryan Clark, one of the co-hosts of the podcast, kind of kind of tips it over to the edge, and 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 things go poorly from there. Hold on a second. Here we go. Uh, we'll find it. I know, I, I, it's the second half of the the, the clip. Also, Simone Biles uh, is is uh, was at the interview, and she comes in here late late in the interview as well. Honestly, in truth,
1: Simone Biles is lucky. <laughs> For what? She, Cause she took a chance. <laughs> she lucky? Cause she wouldn't have all that. Jonathan said she wouldn't have all that. Hey now. Cause he ain't had time. Jonathan. <laughs> yes, I
0: would.
6: Yes,
0: I would. I- he I was just the first to message. As soon as I. Clicked, ooh, I like him. It matched. So he had already liked my profile, which that means she I was always just the first.
1: say we matched. No, first. baby,
0: we matched, but I was the first to message.
3: Yeah, you, you messaged scared. me. She messaged. She wasn't scared. She wasn't sc- Okay, so it seems like Ryan Clark kind of. Facilitated the comments. Uh,
0: Jonathan Owens, you got set up there. <laughs> there? You got yeah. set up. But they were also trying to save him sometimes in this conversation mm-hmm. because he also goes on to mention that he says that he is the catch and that he thinks that men are the catch. Now, look, I'm all for equal opportunity and having a 50/50 partnership. I love having a 50/50 partnership. Is it always going to be 50/50? No, because there's going to be times where somebody's higher, somebody's lower. You're going to have to fill that other Which person's isn't a bad cup. Thing. No, and cuz that's relationships. Some guys, some guys like lower. <laughs> it happens, right? But to say that you don't know who your wife was prior, there's absolutely no way. She is the most decorated gymnast in history, Randy. I know. Everybody knows who Simone Biles is. Everybody knows. Except
3: for our CBC guy.
0: He knew. He had to have known because Randy... Here's the bad part. Social media is undefeated. Whether it's good or bad, social media Mm -hmm. always figures you out. And somebody went back through his old tweets, and he wasn't tweeting specifically about her time during the USA gymnastics, but he was live tweeting during the time, I think it was like 2012 Mm -hmm. gymnastics. So he did follow some gymnastics, and he was live tweeting about the U.S. gymnasts, specifically (laughs) the women. So... He does know about USA Gymnasts. He does. And to say that he doesn't know is absolutely absurd. Here's the thing. And this is just an overall for some of the women who are listening and for some of the men who want to take this in. Celebrating your woman's success doesn't take away from your success. And I love that she is standing by her man, Simone. Very proud of you for that. But also, Simone, stand up. You are one of the best athletes ever. I mean, she is legendary, especially in the mm-hmm. gymnast community. She is one of the best female athletes ever to walk this earth. She should never have to dim her light.
3: Agreed. Especially because she's married to, with all due respect, because he's one of the 32 best in the world, but probably a below average NFL safety, right? He's 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 not one of the best guys in terms of the league. Now He's one of the best guys in the world, so like her he's among the best at what he does but she is the best there's no among she is the best at what she does
0: exactly she is and look we're not we're not in their relationship so this could be you know just one little thing that will go away because social media yeah. is always going to blow things out of proportion. And hopefully, things are completely fine between them. And it seems like it; they seem completely in love. So I'm mm-hmm. very happy for Simone and Jonathan, the St. Louis native, as you mentioned there. CBC but product, man, Jonathan. They set you up with those questions. Well, sure they did. set and you up right there. Specifically,
5: it was a leading question that got him. Like uh, Ryan Clark asked him, "Do you think that some?" I, I, he's just like, "He's like, I really think, you know, am I? Am I, I? I really think that, you know, I really think the men are the." Catching relationships? Do you agree with that? And then he goes, "I really do think men are the catching the relationships." Like he, like obviously, bail out of the leading mm-hmm. question, dude. Like, come on, think with your think think with your feet a little bit on this one, man. Like, you know, you know, be a, be a football player in the moment. You know, watch the watch the right. blitz. You know, look yeah. look what's coming to you on the backside there, champ. Clark got him good on that one.
0: I you, bet even the Amish know who she is.
3: Uh, no doubt. I, everybody they do. knows. The they be watching
5: TV more than they let
3: on. I'm, I'm going to say this with all <laughs> due respect, Brooke. One time I was at uh, Sular Market. Mm-hmm. And they bought Amish cookies, and I thought, oh well, they're Amish; they've <laughs> got to be good. Yeah, they were the worst cookies I've ever had in the whole no! world. They were terrible.
0: Really? Yeah,
3: I figured Amish. Uh, I'm f- figuring wood fired stove and everything like that. I figured, okay, this has to be, <laughs> be delicious. Oh my well, what god! What was
0: missing? Can you could um, you pinpoint the ingredient? I, that was missing? I couldn't
3: quite get to it because it was the texture was like a rock. You
5: know, oh. you know how hard yeah. it is to get mechan- non mechanically processed vanilla.
3: Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, it was. So, again, all due respect, but maybe they like their cookies. I don't like their cookies.
0: And they probably know who Simone Miles is. Just going to throw sure that out do. there. Sure and this do. is a great point from the three and four where they said he wouldn't have been asked to be on that podcast if it wasn't because he was married to her. great point. And that's true. Yep. Randy, I, I gave him the woman's side of the advice. What is your men's side of the advice in this situation?
3: If you are Jonathan Owens, yes, you recognize the, the greatness and the profile of of your wife and you always defer always defer and say no she's the best ever and i am so lucky to have her as my wife and she is the catch of all catches Mm -hmm. that's what you do yeah even if you don't believe it you do it (laughs)
0: <laughs> Even if you don't believe it, I hope you wouldn't be married to her if you didn't believe
5: it. <laughs> no, your professional accomplishments well, no. are not the
3: only thing that make you a catch in a relationship. No, but mm. uh, but you you say that she is the we catch of all catches, know. and not just related to her professionalism, but just as a catch. Yeah. Standard, standard in, answer. In yep. the
0: full interview, if you go and watch it, he does mention you know, that when he first looked her up, he saw how many Instagram followers mm-hmm. that, he, that she had and he was like, oh, well, she must be really good at something. At that point, then you should do your research and be like, oh man, yeah, she's yeah. really, really good. So this doesn't even need to be a part of the dating story conversation. Bingo. You could have just left that right. at home, in your mind, in the back of your mind, never bringing it up whatsoever. And... Also, too, it's there's nothing wrong with you know but the way that he established that she drove to him, yeah, uh, for the date, all the different kind of stuff was almost kind of like asserting dominance in mm-hmm. that of like, well, she was the one coming after me, like I didn't have to chase her down whatsoever,
3: unnecessary. No. All right, late, take it or leave it. Carrie Davis is still sleeping. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it as well.
0: He's an, oh, no. he's enjoying If skating. you would have asked it
5: at Take It Early, but I would have said yes. But now, 9.58, nah, he's yeah. up.
3: Uh, balloon party coming up, and then BKM Ferrario from 11 to 2. And then, from 2 to 6, it's the fast lane with Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers, and Kerry Davis. He might member.
0: still be out today. I think that he's... He I started, he started I
3: Tuesday. Yeah, I, think he? He star- I think he starts today.
0: I don't yeah. even know what day it is anymore. Today's right? Tuesday. Oh, there we go. There
3: we go. I don't either, Clearly. <laughs> We'll know tomorrow will be...
0: All day it's been yeah. us trying to figure out what day it actually yeah. is. And tomorrow yeah.
3: will be hump day, even though it's not. Yeah. So, And, hey, uh, congratulations to our buddy Greg Amzinger, hired by MLB Network Yay! 15 years ago today. How awesome is that? So I, I got a, a tweet from our buddy Lou Baricelli, who is the PR man at, uh, at MLB Network. Uh, Greg Amzinger joined us 15 years ago today on this date, and they've got a photo of him on uh, the, the X, uh, where he is hosting from the All-Star Game at Busch Stadium in St. Louis. Happy 15 years, Greg. So good for him.
0: Oh, congratulations, Greg.
3: Yeah. But. That's
0: beautiful. Somebody just texted in. I know that we got to get out of here, but yeah. this is actually amazing. Somebody just texted in a photo right next to you, because you can watch us on mm-hmm. the YouTube, mm-hmm. and you're wearing the exact same outfit right now.
3: Oh, how cool is Look that? Look at that. <laughs> Somebody else uh, shops at Costco.
0: Is that where you got it from?
3: You betcha. There you go. (laughs) I love it, and it's nice and warm on a cold day in St. Louis. All right, Uh, great job today by our producer, audio video engineer Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure, Uh, Brooke. This was fun.
0: Yes, it was.
3: And uh, Carrie. How about that? How about
0: that? How about that? I don't have
3: Carrie's. He's not even answering. We already got rid of his sound. It didn't take long. Holy smokes! Uh, We've got a balloon party coming up. Next for all of us, what, what, he's gone. I don't know when to play it. I don't I don't need it anymore. I don't, I don't have him. I don't have to bother with him anymore.
0: Oh, no. Uh, yeah.
3: Yeah. For all of us, until tomorrow morning at 7, have a great meh Tuesday, everyone.
4: And now for something completely different.
1: You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.